just sit here and listen to the amazing intros. I do amazing intros, man. Yeah. Well, hello, keep people. All that in. Would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, people. I'm going to have to keep that uh, in the first five seconds. I'm uh, going to. I told you. <laughs> all right. Well, hello, people of Defender House, and welcome back to another episode of the Big Roundup Podcast. I got it this time. I got it. You've been good. I think that's like three for three that you've gotten it on, which is good. Finally. Took like six months to figure that out. Yeah. After four years of... I know. Well, we actually, keep reformatting no, it and changing know, the yeah. titles. Um, this episode is covering... Uh, what month are we on? <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. I don't even do it by months. I don't, I don't even think I put the months in it anymore. I don't know. Uh, September. September-ish. Ish. Ish. Uh, yeah. Today. We will be covering Psychonauts 2, uh, Deathloop, and maybe, probably, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Uh, I say maybe because it's one of those games where um, they've been a little bit quiet on it when it comes to marketing. No one's really got hands-on, uh, so it's just hard to know if that's going to be something that kind of trickles down into our podcast chats, or if it's, like, you know, big and exciting enough to be you know, among the AAA, because that's kind of what we do on this show. We focus on the big releases, the big boys. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, Psychonauts 2 is maybe pushing it when it comes to calling it a big boy. Uh, I don't know about that anymore. (laughs) I I don't really know how many people care. I didn't, because I was away when it first came out, so I didn't really see the internet's reaction. Definitions of of scale or AA and AAA are are stupid anyways. Yeah. It's a Microsoft first-party game, so I don't know. I, I, it doesn't matter. Double Fine is still a pretty, you know, smaller studio. Definitely, yeah. It we it's it's the big games. They're big to us. Yeah, it's always quiet. Who cares as well. what everyone it's else quiet. thinks? It's the big ones. Yeah, to us. Yeah. Uh, so Psychonauts two. Um, I was a really big fan of Psychonauts one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually only played it for the first time like three years ago. Uh, and it's a 16-year-old oh. game. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, and going backwards in time can be quite difficult uh, with video games because obviously they get better, things change. Um, and Psychonauts was surprisingly quite easy to go back to. I think sometimes when you play older games on PC, uh, you get to you know control the resolution, and at the end it can still look very sharp, but obviously just like old in style. And a lot of the times it's just just like the controls and the camera that really... Uh, make old games hard to go back to. But surprisingly, um, Psychonauts 1 was really, really good. And it survived the test of time. Uh, and I, you know, I came away uh, as a new and pretty big Psychonauts fan. Um, before we go forward, uh, I just want to know if you played Psychonauts 1 because you did hint at it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I know you've tried it. And kind of maybe hit a roadblock because you know it is an old game. And I know what you're like with old games. Uh but I tried you know. it like. I mean, it's been on. I oh God, I don't even. You know, it's. I've owned that game for as long as I can remember. And then I, I, I played like two hours, three hours, ninety minutes. I don't know, something like that, a few years ago, and had a perfectly fine time. And then I think just other. Th- things came up i don't remember that game takes a while to get going as it well. also does take a while to get going yeah and then um you you told me about one of the jokes and it made me laugh so hard that i realized <laughs> i should play it 
it, your telling of it was funnier than perhaps in the game, but I knew it was coming <laughs> as soon as it was happening. Um, and yeah, so I, I bombed through it while you were away on your vacation. I basically had quite an interesting psychonautic week Ooh. and a half while you were away, if I you like will. That. Um, I resumed where I had left off, which was mostly fine because it, it, I mean it's just a platformer right at the end of the day um the first game and the second game as well so it wasn't that too that complicated to jump back into and I basically just beelined it through the story um I didn't do really any side stuff in terms of which the side stuff is basically just exploring and collecting yeah primarily at the at the camp and all that and I also I'm not ashamed to admit I put it I enabled a cheat that just gave me all the powers because it seemed like you had <gasps> to do quite a bit of side exploration to get enough currencies to get those powers and i i knew i didn't want to i didn't want to burn myself out because i knew i was going to go and probably probably theoretically do more or less everything in psychonauts 2 so i just beelined it through the story uh and yeah it it's it i would say by and large it holds up pretty well there's definitely some jank in the not the controls the controls are fine it's more so just the camera can be a bit uh, I don't know, Dark Souls-ish at times is what I would say. There's a few times where you're like, oh, camera, where where are we right now? Um, I, mean, I mean, for you to play a 16-year-old game, that's a yeah. miracle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I and there says were, a lot. There are a few, there's a few, more than a few, sort of puzzle-ish, like more adventure game-ish sort of designed encounters, which makes sense considering, you know, the past with Tim Schafer and all that. Uh, and there, those ones, I, I had to look up a guide a couple of times just to be like, what, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it, it was very easy uh, and easygoing and fun. And I played it through in like two days. Yeah. Like, I, I think I decided on f- the day you left or that you were, I was going to play it. And then the Psychonauts 2 is coming out Wednesday. And I think I finished it Tuesday. Nice. Uh, nice. And then immediately rolled into two and yes one was yeah it's it's i really enjoyed the spirit and personality of it all and and the creativity is pretty good obviously you know it's it's sort of old uh but by and large all the writing holds up yeah it's quite fun it's quirky uh and the cast and general world and premise and all that is uh really fun really enjoyable Mm-hmm. And then I rolled right into Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Which, holy shit, <laughs> that's quite the 16 years from, like, the struggling indie-ish game from 2003 to, like, hey, we finished this game in 2018, and then Microsoft said, you can have all the money you want to just keep polishing it all for three years, and oh, they did. they said they finished it in 2018. I didn't know that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Um... And that 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 it was quite quite the swerve, quite the swing, quite the just dramatic step up in production values and art and everything. Uh, I feel like if you're waiting for 16 years for a sequel, it's usually just give up. It's never happening. Yeah, usually. It's wild to me how many of these long lost sequels have come out over the last like right. just two years. Final Fantasy, Half-Life, Psychonauts, uh, yeah. one or two others, I think. And they've all been really good. And it's yeah. weird. <laughs> it's almost like taking your time. 
with a video game can result in something really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, just a, a tiny bit of backstory with Psychonauts 2. For people that don't know, it was... I mean, God, it's been a journey. I think in, like, the early 2010s, there was Notch famously saying he would fund it, and that went oh, on really? for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, we all know how that ends. Um, thank God he wasn't involved. And... Then I believe Starbreeze was going to help fund it along with their FIG, which is basically a Kickstarter equivalent. And that was launched, I think, in 2015. And Starbreeze is the, they're the, um, they've done all sorts of things, but they're primarily, what's the Cops and Robbers game? Payday. Pay oh, God, I thought and, that was going to shut in, down. And then in like 2017, they declared bankruptcy and had to pull out of Psychonauts' funding. Mm. And then I believe in 2018, while you know they they the, so the the fig got like three million dollars just that was their goal and they got like ten or twenty thousand dollars over that and nice. uh and then i think i heard something like in not long before microsoft bought them they were saying the game is more or less finished but we were we had to cut boss all the boss fights from the game to come under budget and under time and all that and then microsoft bought them and they said you can just you just do your thing, take your time, do whatever you want. And then they spent, I think the last like two years pretty much just, you know, going ham on it, as the kids say. And uh, <laughs> it finally came out. And it's also interesting because Psychonauts 1, sorry, I just, I read up on all the history of the, both these games and they're, they've got good stories. Psychonauts 1 was originally funded by Microsoft long ago. And then Microsoft bailed on the project after like two years of funding. And Double Fine had to go and find money from some other company to get Psychonauts 1 done. And Jeez. they had to cut a bunch of stuff to get Psychonauts 1 shipped. And now here we are 16 years later where it's become a Microsoft game again. And Microsoft sort of helped them ship an even better game than they probably would have if it had been shipped on their own. Uh, so anyways, Psychonauts 2 is finally out. <laughs> <laughs> Psychonauts 2 is out. I um I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from Psychonauts 2 not to be down on Double Fine. Sure. But um ever since Psychonauts everything they've released has been like pretty good. Yeah. But very reasonable in scope. Yes. Very uh, indie feeling, whatever that means. Um and I just don't expect anything ugh, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshole. I just don't expect anything like tremendous and grand. From well, I think fine. What, just before we started recording, you said about Kana or Kana or however the hell you say it. Yeah. Um, you hope it's something more than just a, a fleeting experience. Yes. Or, and I would say, I personally would say I, I like Double Fine's games m more than I think fleeting is maybe a little harsh because quite a few of their games that I played, like Stacking, uh, yeah. Iron Brigade. Headlander, Broken Age, those yeah. are all they're all I don't know, they're they've good. all they've all stuck in my mind more than they than I would think, and they're all quite good, but I do agree. I know what you mean. They're they're smaller experiences. Because they yes. are. They're a smaller studio, at least historically. They've been scrappy and every project has been like, Oh god, this is you know, money is hard, getting publishers is hard to especially getting publishers to make weird creative quirky games is extra hard and you can always sort of feel that in their games at least historically yeah. <laughs> so yeah we should probably just kind of get to it i think the the one 
uh, adjective I would really like to use for Psychonauts 2, which I don't feel like I don't really use for many games, is I think Psychonauts 2 is brilliant. Uh, I think that's the one word that really jumps to mind. Yeah, uh, yes. It's, it's exceptional. Uh, yes. <laughs> a lot of games are good nowadays. True. Uh, but Psychonauts 2 is good in a different way. It's just so consistently smart and creative and funny and interesting all the way through in pretty much everything it tries that it was kind of shocking. Yes. Uh, and also it's really long as well. Yes. It's like a 20-hour game. Uh-huh. Uh... What the hell, man? <laughs> I just nodded my head a lot there. Because, yeah, the, the other half of me saying I played through all of Psychonauts 1 and it was good and I had a good time. And then Psychonauts 2 was, like, astonishing. <laughs> like, Psychonauts 2 might be one of the best sequels ever made. Yeah. Yeah. This like is ever. like Uncharted 1 to Uncharted 2. Yes. That's a good uh, For good 3D comparison. platformers. Everything that made Psychonauts 1 really great is prevalent in Psychonauts 2, but they double and triple down on it. Uh, this feels like what would happen if Psychonauts had, had had, like, maybe two more games, and we're looking at, like, Psychonauts 4. Right. It feels like so far down the, I don't know, mastering of whatever the Psychonauts format is. It also it's feels funnier. like like two games worth of content as well. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. It's funnier, yes, for it's sure. It's funnier. Uh, it's more visually interesting. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, it's the game design, the level design is better. Yep. Uh, the visuals, the soundtrack, the writing, the voice acting. Yeah. The, the music. The story. Uh, the Did story, you say story. The cast, the level design. Yeah. Psychonauts it's, 2 it's, is like one of the best games I've played in years. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best games of the year by miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, th like, this is a year where we've had. Had some bangers. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, what shit was the co-op one? It takes uh, two. It takes two. This has been a very good year for 3D platformers. Oh yeah, Little Nightmares, which I haven't gotten to yet, but Little I Nightmares Two was excellent. Yeah. Um, and then Psychonauts Two comes along and is the best of the bunch somehow. Yeah. It's uh, what I, the hell? <laughs> this game is so good. I I feel like a bit blasphemous for saying it but like uh, i mean it's not quite like the the actual controls are not as tight as a mario game but i would say just about everything else in this game is better than any of the mario games i've seen or played uh, uh, in terms of just the whole package i mean i like it more than odyssey i do too <laughs> i like it more than odyssey yeah by a long long way you know and i don't know why we're, i uh, comparing things to mario is stupid but like yeah, 3D platformer is, like, the historically, they're sort of, like, like a sort of first-person shooter where, you know, you go into a shooter and you're like, ah, the shooting's good. That's all I need <laughs> yeah. from a good first-person shooter. Like, the platforming and level design is good. Great. And it has personality and charm, but it's not very often that it feels like such a complete package in terms of just also story and character progression yeah. and... Every single part of it, you know? Um, I think a good place to start, because you might as well just, I don't know, pick somewhere, um, is level design. Because yeah. I think for me, in Psychonauts 1, the thing that uh, stayed with me the longest was 
how like diverse the levels were. It's not just in visuals, but in gameplay. Like the game kind of completely changes how it plays yeah. depending on like the context of the mind you were in. And the people who have never played Psychonauts, the the large majority of the game is kind of based inside people's minds. Uh, and this gives the the level designers and the game designers pretty much free reign to do whatever they want. Uh, they can make these Alice in Wonderland psychedelic crazy worlds. Um, but what I love about Psychonauts is there's always a theme, and it obviously depends on the psyche of mm-hmm. the character you are inside. And it's much more interesting in two, in my opinion. Definitely. In Psychonauts yeah. one, it was mostly based around mental illnesses. So there was this quite common theme of like, uh, like fractured, unhinged minds. Um, and in Psychonauts two. Uh, there definitely is some of that where you're playing in minds of people who are dealing with like grief and sadness or their minds are maybe just being like fractured apart. But there's like, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give away all the settings of the levels. But like one of the really interesting ones to me was near the end where you're in the mind of someone who's like almost been radicalized by propaganda, which I thought was a really interesting setting. Yeah. They're the best level in the game is you start out in the mind of someone who's basically a blank slate and they've been gone for so long they've kind of forgotten everything about being a human. Their senses are dulled and the whole oh, level right, is about yes. bringing every single one of their senses like back to the them. The Jack Black level. Oh my god, Psy- it's called Psyking Sensorium. Yes. I writ it down. Holy shit, that level is maybe the best level of the year. Yeah. And I don't know if anything will come close to it. It's got it's a hell of a finale good. as well with that song. Oh my god. god it's good. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so long as well. Like a lot a lot of levels in this game really go on. Huge, yeah. But yeah, the settings in this game, the mines that you yeah. explore are, are a bit more interesting than in Psychonauts 1. And in Psychonauts 1 they were good anyway. So it's a big compliment, honestly. Yeah, there I would say the Psychonauts 1 levels were not as crazy as i thought they were going to be there are a few standout ones like the milkman level which is really yeah quite interestingly designed the final level is uh, a meat circus um which is oh yeah uh, pretty pretty weird and gross and funny um and but i don't remember many of the others uh whereas psychonauts 2 has like Twenty levels, 15, no. 15 levels. I, I don't know. I don't know. And every one of them, it's it's got it's got probably fifteen levels. Or, I mean, some of them are pretty short, like the when you're doing Ford's stuff. All of his levels, they're sort of a bunch of smaller levels. But yeah. uh, every single one of them is so completely different from the other. Yeah. Uh, you you really have absolutely no idea what to expect, and they keep that up all the way through to the end. Uh, which is not something games do very often. It's not very often that the first level you're like, holy shit, look at this. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. That you feel that about every single level all the way until the credits roll. Uh, mm-hmm. And Psychonauts 2 does that. And and part of that is just due to the sheer art. Oh, the uh, art is so good. The variety, quality, uh, density of the art is unbelievable throughout. It kind of reminded me of um, when I praised uh, Genesis Noir in the podcast for its crazy psychedelic visuals and the variety. Right. There are sections in Psychonauts 2 which rival that game, and Genesis Noir is basically focused on just that. Right, And Psychonauts 2 is a whole package, you know? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Like, and, and there's so much... 
I know we're sort of going all over the place here, but we're sort of related to the levels, I guess. One of the things that I noticed a lot is there's just so much attention to detail mm-hmm. in all these little areas. And those are, I think those, that's the stuff that really makes a game feel extra special is it's things like when you're on the Psy King's level and when you run through the flowers and all the dandelion seeds sort of break up as you run through them, the music changes completely while you're running through and reacts to you running through the, through the flowers or like on the, the letter, the postmaster level later on, if you run across the ink well that you, that the stamps hit, you're, you leave inky footprints behind you. Like there's so many little things like that in every level as well. Uh, there's that... one small uh, moment in a level where you're in like a it's a bowling themed level where you're on the bowling ball and you go through the slime and there's like a specific animation for the slime sticking to the bowling ball and yeah. I was like oh look at that that's sick <laughs> yeah. and you go through the slime like twice on the bowling ball yeah it's like one it's just like a tiny little track on the level that has slime in it yeah, oh, yeah. that's that's the stuff that sets out sets apart you know the games like like the Naughty Dog games, you know, or the mm-hmm. Rockstar games where they're just like, ah, they've thought of everything uh, because they spent nine years and a billion dollars making this game. And in this case, it's, they spent a billion dollars. Well, I don't, you know, it feels like that. And it's for a, a crazy, weird, ultra creative 3D platformer where you play as a child with a huge head that invades people's brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, by its standing, it's still quite a niche franchise. I think you're so right. So never in a million know. years did I expect such a large and expensive feeling product to come out of it, you know? No, I know. It's crazy. I like, I like the, um, the different tones across the levels as well. Uh, there's a lot of, like, really beautiful uh, visuals in Psychonauts and a lot of, like, uh, very colorful and just comfortable levels to be in. But there's also yeah. some really, like, disgusting stuff in this game. There's some, like, horrifying moments. Oh, yeah. Uh, and w- one thing I've always really liked about Psychonauts is it feels like it's a game made for children, but it's not afraid to do, like, scary adult things in it. There, there's, a, there's, like, yeah, there's, there's, like, death, and there's murder in the game. There's, and... like, a real PG-13 edginess to it that is, like, oh, I don't know if kids would be super into yeah. some of this stuff. Uh, there's a lot of teeth in this game <laughs> there is a lot of teeth yeah. there's a lot of running around in people's mouths um i'm fine with that but it's, it's you know uh there's some there's some hair there's a hair level near the end that was i, oh, I, I kind of gave yeah. got me all scratchy itchy you know uh are there any other God. gross ones that really stand out in my mind i can't remember the problem is i i had like like i said my my psychonautical week it was just Psychonauts 1 was like two days. Psychonauts 2 was like seven full days of playing the game because it's so yeah. long. Um, and so, but that was three weeks since I finished the game. So I'm, I'm like slightly blurry on parts of it. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that game is crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of I scattered. One, one, thing, um, one thing that people will either like or not like, I think it depends on how you like your games to flow, is there was a shit ton of cutscenes in this game, like a lot of cutscenes. Yeah. Um, there's probably a whole animated movie's worth of cutscenes in this game. Yeah, I think actually, I think it might be more. I think I saw the all cutscenes, you know, yeah. video, and let me just see if I can find it. I think it's like, well, this one says it's five and a half, six hours long. Uh, all six cutscenes, hours? Game movie, all cutscenes, four and a half hours. 
I, I feel like when that's I probably watch including those, they, dialogue, you know. Yeah, because yeah. they include every essential story moment, which can be when you're actually playing the game and like someone's talking or something. Yeah, this this does not have any gameplay in it. This is just dialogue and cutscenes. There's maybe a few minutes of gameplay, but yeah, there's a lot of story in this game, which yeah, for some people will be uh, you know sort of a a thing that gets in the way a little bit. It could um, be. It could be. For me, that's like. That's a big part of the appeal of a Double Fine AKA game, aka really a, T- a Tim Schafer game in this case. Is, I mean, the man is known for writing good video games. Uh, yes. I'm here for the writing in addition to everything else. And the writing is really good uh, all the way through. Yeah, man. Oh, my I, God. I, yeah, there's, there's a lot more to the writing than I expected. Not in terms of quantity, even though there is... A lot more writing just in general there's just a lot more going on in the writing than i expected yeah the story is pretty grand yeah. and interesting with twists and turns there's a huge cast of characters which i was not expecting and each character in the game is given like quite a lot of time to be built up mm-hmm. um and every voice actor and actress in the game does a fantastic job yeah i can't really think of a weak link among the set uh, not just for performances, but like, did I like the character? Did I give a shit about their story? Uh, you know, did I want to see whatever troubles they have go away? The answer is like, just yes to all of it. Like, it was just all excellent. I enjoyed meeting all of the characters. It's a great game for fans as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. In the first game, most of the stuff, like the Psychonauts themselves, the history, who's actually in the gang, uh, how it started, that stuff is very vague. Yeah, uh, and it's and really Psychonauts just like, two, one is just like, here's Sasha, here's Mia, here's Ford, and that's it. Yeah, uh, but in Psychonauts 2, you pretty much meet everyone in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they all get a really good amount of time. And what's also so impressive about the story is how interconnected it is. You wouldn't think for a sequel that took 16 years to make that they would tie it so heavily back to the first game because, mm-hmm. you know... Some people didn't play it. Um, I think there is like a, you know, recap movie thing for people who missed it. Yeah, it's pretty good as well. But like, if like the ending of Psychonauts 1 uh, ends with, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. It's uh, the leader of the Psychonauts gets kidnapped. Right. Bob Zanato. That's it. Bob Zanato. Yeah. Um, you don't find out what happens to him, to him until late into Psychonauts 2. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. when I was watching that happen, I was like... Oh my god, I had to wait three to four years for this. Imagine people have been waiting 16 years to find out what happened to Bob. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, they're so heavily intertwined that it's kind of, it's kind of bizarre. Because I can't imagine a lot of people really want to go back to Psychonauts 1. But for longtime fans, it's a crazy, overarching, and deep story arc. Yeah. Like, everything gets explained. You find out, like, why Raz's family... It's not supposed to go near water. You find out why Ford's mind is all fractured and weird. And it's just so heavily tied into everything set up in Psychonauts 1 that it's it's kind of crazy. It is. It's yeah. like, because Psychonauts 2 doesn't really feel like it should have been something that was planned. Because like you said, Psychonauts 1 was so hard to get off the ground. Right. But it feels so seamless that it feels like a perfect 1-2, uh, yeah. honestly. It feels, everything about the game feels effortless in a way that's like, mm. It's kind of shocking considering, yeah, how much time has, hap- has passed, how just like up and ro- not up and down, how rocky the Double Fine journey has been uh, in terms of just getting their games made. And that includes Psychonauts 2. That, yeah, it, it, it's just, it feels like they made Psychonauts 1 and then 
became experts in making video games and made Psychonauts yeah. 2 and no time has passed, but actually almost <laughs> yeah. a, almost two decades have passed. Yeah. Uh, so in fact, bizarre. actually, I think just earlier this year, they did have their Double Fine had their 20th birthday, which is because they, mm. they formed the studio and then made the first game. It, it's wild yeah. that they were able to to just, yeah, they didn't miss a beat. Uh, and that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Psychonauts 2 does feel like they designed it around the idea of Psychonauts 3 never happening because there's so much in Psychonauts 2 it really feels like the entire story and franchise can finish right there. I think I'd love to see a Psychonauts 3 yeah. but it's not really necessary. No, I point. agree. It was yeah. really concluded and tied up nicely and 2 is just so so good that I just can't imagine fans are like demanding answers or a, you know, an extra game. Yeah, I kind of I kind of hope I mean, yeah, I'm sort of with you. It's like, oh, it'd be it'd be fun to see another one, but also I like oh, Double Fine because their their games are so varied and weird, and now they have Microsoft money to do whatever they want, which is very exciting. But it it definitely feels like one of those things where uh, they knew this was their chance to make mm-hmm. the sequel they've been thinking about for 15 years, and they're like, okay, we have to put everything in this because we may never get this opportunity ever again. And in Double Fine's case, they got bought by Microsoft, so they they. They can. They probably could make a Psychonauts three if they wanted to oh. without batting an eye. But I love um, it. it. It doesn't feel like it is needed. Yeah, because it really does feel wrapped up in a way that uh, not a lot of games do. Uh, it, it's Psychonauts two is basically like a platformer epic in terms of scale. Like, <laughs> yeah, and the it's story. Like I'm, I'm... It's like The Witcher three of platformers. It's just yeah, like it the, really is. It's so massive and varied and long and detailed. Um. When you were talking earlier, one the one level and character that I felt was a little disjointed was the um, early one, the the fellow, what's his name, that talks to bees. Uh, where, yeah. The cooking yeah. show level. That's was, the only level I didn't really enjoy. That yeah. Much. It was mainly just the traversing back and forth I found annoying, even though I, I quite like a lot of things in that level. Oh, the context and like the characters were great. Amazing. The, the like... I took screenshots and I, I will have saved them to use one day of the uh, the judgment descriptions for the dishes. You're like, surprisingly adequate, and, and like <laughs> not too terrible and things like that. Uh, and then the weird boss fight at the end where you have to f- f- like force, feed them, <laughs> force feed them until they're vomiting everywhere. Yeah. yeah uh, but that was the one level where I was like, I don't really know how this connects to him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have saw some interpretations of like that. like performance are, anxiety or something. Yeah, I, I definitely sort of got a bit better context after seeing some people point some things out, but all the other ones feel mo- a little more of a cohesive pairing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that's a bad level. It's just the only level in the game that wasn't incredible, mainly just because it overstays its welcome, I think, uh, just by five or ten minutes. But um, yeah, every level is is just there's so much going on in every level. And I think we started off on this this spike of conversation by talking about the writing and how much more there is to it than it seems and that's to say that there's uh a it's extremely funny all the way through like uh, oh yeah. Like it's it's not laugh out loud hilarious, but it's it's just 
I laughed a lot. Oh, I did <laughs> too. Yeah, it's regularly <laughs> making me chuckle and, and definitely, yeah, there are definitely laugh out loud moments. And it's just, it's clever in a way that most things aren't anymore. It, it reminds me of Portal and Portal 2 in yeah. that sort of like... I think a lot of video game humor relies too much on... Uh, something being ludicrous right. or something being like meta or ironic all yes, the time. or swearing a lot and it's like look it's a goat flying around in space or we're going to point the screen and acknowledge that it's a video game and then fart it's like a lot of that stuff which that's not the case here uh and no you know, it's actually funny that it's comes real. right and that comes from tim schafer who has been writing well-written games for like uh longer than we've been alive now i think mm. like 30 30 something years uh, and it shows, and and he is the only credited writer on this game as well, which oh, is kind okay. of crazy. I thought there would be more, but yeah, I would take that to imply that he just wrote every single thing in the game, which would explain Jesus. the cohesiveness of it, right? And and why it's all so similar. And yeah, so it's extremely funny, but it's also, uh, like you said, the the plot and storylines are extremely deep. And then there's also just a lot of good, like humanity throughout it all. Lots of good. Yeah empathy and and good character moments and good character I mean, the relationships whole theme of yeah. psychonauts is like people's flaws right that's what you're investigating when you go into their minds yeah and helping them be more comfortable with those flaws and it was much more interesting than psychonauts one which is maybe a bit more focused on mental illness which obviously is a hard thing to tackle uh, delicately and you could probably argue that psychonauts one did not do that to the best of its ability but it was yeah there were 16 a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they said as much as well, just before release Double Fine of 2, they said, you know, looking back, there's definitely some stuff in 1 that's your, nowadays you're like, ooh, that was... Mm. A uh, little bit, yeah. A little like bit. It's... And they, they, they do... They, I appreciate them putting that... Uh, there's a good warning at the start. Not a warning, but just like a disclosure at the beginning of 2 as well, which is kind of... It says it speaks a lot to the thought that goes into it all, you know? Uh, it doesn't seem insensitive. It's a bit no. just like stereotypical yeah like simplified it's a bit early 2000s you it's know. like the whole schizophrenia is you having two personalities and that's it type right, of stuff right yeah whereas Psychonauts 2 is not that way yeah it's just like more human mm-hmm. it's about like a band of friends where one one friend goes off the deep end and it tears everyone apart and everyone has regrets about how they treated other people and it's just it's much more human and just about, you know, life and friendship. Yeah. But not in a way which is like the stereotypical animated friends forever, friends save everything type of thing. It's like very deep and, you know, it, uh, just a bit more grounded, but yeah. in a fantastical way. Yeah. I was thoroughly engaged all the way through with the story stuff, which I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't in the first game, I will say that. Uh, yeah. Par- partially because I missed or I forgot, you know, the, the intro and the setup to the story because I resumed after a few years but yeah i i was genuinely fascinated to see where things are going uh and the, some of the plot twists are very fun yeah um, they're really cool yeah yeah and uh like i said voice acting is really good elijah wood makes a, an appearance in this game as well does a very good job who is he um nick john smith oh that's elijah wood i love that's that elijah guy. wood <laughs> he does a great job he does a great job yeah Jack Black is in it as well. He of does course. a great job. Good singing voice as always. And the, the rest of the cast is fantastic. Um, one thing that... So the thing I noticed most immediately when I started playing 2, because I had played 1 through not 24 hours prior, uh, was the smart changes they made to combat and okay. all of the abilities. There are obviously a 
bunch of new abilities in this game, or a few new abilities. But um, like right out of the gate, you get your telekinesis grab. And as soon as I used it, I was like, oh, they made it more like control now uh, with the, with the uh, like the levitate ability for it. Not levitate, whatever it is, the, the pulling ability and control. <clears throat> uh or the the like the lock on with the, with the uh the side blast or the the way like the combos you can use with the le- levitation ball yeah. there were just every single ability ability just immediately feels so much better uh and and more satisfying and more accurate to use versus the first game mm-hmm. uh, the other thing combat related is psychonauts 1 has no enemy variety it has the nose the the whatever you know the guys that run around and say no um <laughs> the sensors or something the sensors yeah and that's the only enemy in psychonauts one oh, really i don't even remember the combat from the first game no and the combat is probably the weakest part of two and that's not to yeah. say it's bad it's just that it's just not the main like there's not a lot of it which i i think is a good thing it can feel um, a bit clumsy at times i would say yeah i think for me it's it was maybe less so that it felt clumsy. It's more so that everything just sort of felt really light. And yeah. like there wasn't quite enough feedback on some things. But again, there's so little of it that I, I never was particularly bothered by it. But yeah, There's a consistent thing where you are remapping your uh, skills yeah. to different buttons. And you can do your best to have like a universal scheme for yourself. Like for me, Levitation was on uh, LT. Yeah, me too. And and then obviously the shooting's on R1, but eventually yeah. you're just going to have to change some of those up because you require different things at different times and there's only four buttons you can map to. And then you just sometimes have like this clumsy muscle memory stuff where you think a button's on this thing, but you've had to change it to like slow time because you need to also have blah, blah, blah. And I think the remapping stuff was a little confusing and it just sometimes felt a little bit clumsy and I was like tripping over myself uh, self a little bit. I agree. Yeah. I, clumsy is the word I would use. It, it's... I don't know what a better solution is. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But yeah, the, the, having to switch things around a lot uh, was was a bit tiresome at times. Some of the hitboxes um, felt a little bit weird for getting hit as well. I yeah, I did notice that as well. But they 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 added a lot of enemies to this game. Thank God, because I had just played like nine hours of Psychonauts one, and all you ever do is shoot the guys, and they're just running. He's like, no, no. No, and that's it. And this has like a dozen different enemies, and they're all quite different, which was nice to see. Uh, And 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 there's some good. I wish the combat was as good as everything else, as uh, because there's good variety and good encounter potential. I think it's just that whatever. It's just not the combat. It's not a shooter. It's not a brawler. It's just the the combat sort of exists and is fine. It never got in my way. And it it's doesn't o- it doesn't occupy a huge amount of the the runtime. It's it's I think very sparingly used uh, mm-hmm. and placed well. And really, I I don't know. There's may- maybe like ten percent of that game is combat. Maybe fifteen. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it's it's a very small percentage. You're primarily just running around and exploring. Uh, and I was glad for that. Yeah. But they they made a lot of good improvements to the combat. It's just that the combat's maybe the one part that feels like it didn't progressed 16 years it was more like eh, this is like four or five years you know <laughs> yeah, mid yeah, late yeah. 2000s not 2021 type standards but eh, it wasn't too it's still much much improved uh yeah 
Definitely, because the the combat is the combat felt rough in the first game. It was it was probably the weakest part of that game as well. But you know, it stands out more because it's sixteen years old. And and if there's one area that games have gotten really good at in the last few years, it's it's combat and mm-hmm. feedback and and all those things. And it's mostly there in this game, uh, but not a hundred percent. I would say. Uh, I don't really have a lot more else to talk about. I feel like when we are positive on games, there's less to say. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> We're better at complaining than we are at praising. Yeah. But I would say one like really small nitpick, which is honestly outside of the like kind of mild combat. This is like the only real negative I have, and it's really not a big one. Um, I think we both felt this way about It Takes Two, but... Like It Takes Two, there isn't really... When it comes to, like, the levels, there isn't, like, a clear progression in, like, quality. They're just, like, all there, and they're all pretty good. It just doesn't feel like the game's getting any more complicated or better. It's, like, a very stable, uh, positive level of quality. But this is something about this new thing where, like, the best level in the game is, like, two levels in, and then the rest are, are, like, a little worse but still good. It would just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for when I nitpick about this stuff, but I just was maybe hoping for like the last level to feel bigger and grander. Maybe that's what it's missing, but just every level in Psychonauts 2 is good, very good, but it just doesn't feel like anything's getting like bigger or better or more complicated or like bigger in scale. Just everything just feels like a solid 8 out of 10 level, except for uh, Psy Kings, which is like the third level in and it's fucking unbelievably good and it's not really comp- really i, I can't maybe you remember can do them in different orders I, I i definitely don't think i got to psyching until like halfway through that game actually i think that's that might be after f- no, no no it's one of fords it's when you go to the mail room yeah it's like the first part of fords i think what i did is i spent yeah. a lot of time in the two the or the the hub areas at the uh at the mother lobe and surrounding area yeah. so maybe it felt like it was further in but yeah i know what you mean there it takes two is the perfect comparison. There was no massive crescendo that you would hope. Yeah. But every level is great and super creative and fun and fascinating. So it's sort of, you know, it's like, I'm not complaining. No. Uh, but I know what you, I did like the very last bit of the final level of the boss fight where it becomes like a giant, like Godzilla brawler, which was. Uh, yes, that hilarious. was so that was, sick. Yeah. That was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah. Because it takes to the uh, the B level was the best level in the game. Yeah. Uh, and that was like the third level. And then there were five more after that. And they were all great. But yeah. yeah. I, I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. The, the one thing I would. I, I feel like the one thing that I really wish they had. Because they're really good about quality of life stuff in here, except for collectibles. Okay. I I want to 100% this game, but I have one friggin' figment missing on Psy Kingdom or Psy King's level. And I just, I will never find that one figment because there's <laughs> no way to hone me, like point me in the right direction. There's no like buzzing when you get close to one. There's just one little brightly colored thing in this bright ass impossible to spot figments level. And there's like, I think it's 285 in that level. And I'm missing yeah. one. And you have to get every single every single collectible in that game to, to 100% it and get to level 102 or whatever it is and get the achievements for it. And I just, I, I 
decided to be good and i'm like i'm not i can't do this i'm gonna hate the game if i try to do this so i just didn't bother yeah um, it's just that would be something that I, like in um oh god what game was it it's fairly recent oh in ratchet like late in ratchet you get the thing that just is like we're gonna just, we're just gonna show you where every single thing is on your map now so yeah. you can just do everything uh before you finish the game i wish that this had this maybe after the game it was just like because you get uh the weird gizmo that shows you uh where thought bubbles are and he puts on his little his, his dorky headphones and his tracker and starts looking for them um i wish maybe that would get an upgrade you know that's just like yeah hey, you're not you pull that out now and it'll it'll take you close to the uh the figments you're missing but yeah there is no way to know what you're missing or to find what you're missing other than thoroughly combing through every single level and some of those levels are huge and sprawling and have offshoots of them uh so that was that was was the one thing that I was disapp- uh, not disappointed with, sort of just annoyed with, and like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I'll be honest. I wasn't um, compelled to be thorough with the collectibles at all. Really, I um, I played the levels, and obviously, whenever I saw anything, I made sure to get it. But when it comes to you know doing a super thorough sweep, um, I don't know. I just I, I looked into the skills, and I wasn't really compelled by the no. yeah. rewards that much. So I just I did I got everything I could see. Uh, and then, yeah, just finished the game. I was like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. I don't want to, yeah. you know, burden myself with being fatigued by stuff or, you know. That's very. I, I was definitely a little more, I was definitely more thorough than that. But after a certain, like I, I 100%ed probably. You're quite a completionist when it comes to stuff you like. Yeah, exactly. When I really like something, I just like having an excuse to keep playing it. Yeah. So I, I'll happily 100% it. But um, yeah, I got, I, I think I got like maybe 70% of the levels 100%ed. Uh, and then I was like, eh, I'm going to stop. And that you mentioned it as well. And it brings up another point is that the, um, the skills and, uh, pins, I think is what they call the skills. You, you only have three slots for them. I wish you could have more. Yeah. Me too. Some of them are, are superfluous cosmetic things like changing the color of the levitation ball. And I feel like that shouldn't be, that shouldn't occupy a slot that other skills can go into. I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen another three, probably. Yeah, um, that system wasn't and, that interesting overall, I would say. No, and I agree as well. Like, the most of the skills were not interesting. Like, I read through them all early, and I was like, okay, I'll take the glass cannon one, which deals more damage. Me too. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll take uh, I'll take the one that I think the, the Psy Blast, I don't remember, I think it shatters on impact or something. It was basically just like, give me the two that deal more damage and also... Or the glass cannon. I did the oh, one magnetic. More... Okay. Uh, absorbing things so you don't have to run directly over them and then get more uh, currency from everything. Ah, I went more melee damage and more side blast chains. Okay. I think, yeah. I, I, think I did. I did play with the side blast for a while, but yeah, there were there are like twenty, let's say twenty skills that you can unlock, maybe even more, and uh, maybe. Four or five of them are were interesting to me. It was more like three that were interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little more, you know, a little more interesting skills in there. But maybe different play styles. You know, they say that when they introduce the system, they're like, "Hey, these skills are here to enhance your play style, whatever that may be." And there are definitely a lot of there's a fair amount of variety and and combination options for the skills and and how to use them in combat. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that whole system could have been just more exciting. But 
it was one of those things where I, I unlocked them, put them on, and then just sort of forgot about it for yeah. most of the game. I would say the then... whole like, vendor system felt a little bit like I didn't need to use it that much, or the currency I oh, was yeah. picking up. I would buy, like, I don't know, some, like, they're like lollipops, candy pops that yeah. fill your health. I think that's the only thing I ever really bought from the shop, honestly. Uh, yeah, I would buy five, and then, like, 10 hours later, I would buy another five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then the game was done. Yeah, I I agree for sure. That whole... Not a, not a big deal, but... Yeah. No. One of those things that uh, could have been improved or made more interesting, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah. Man, apart from that, it's just when it comes to, like, the core pillars of a video game, the gameplay, the writing, the visuals, music, yeah. uh, voice acting, etc., everything is just a fucking home run to a production standard I never anticipated from Psychonauts 2 in a million years. Yeah, yeah. I was in awe of Psychonauts 2 for pretty much its entire runtime mm-hmm. because of just how... That's why when we started at the top of this, I was like, uh, is it AAA? It feels like a AAA video oh, game to me yeah. now. Like, it is one of the most polished, most well-put-together games I've played in years. I think it felt uh, bigger than Ratchet, I would say. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was more polished than Ratchet. Obviously, you had more problems with Ratchet oh, yeah. than I did. But the, there was, like, there was like nothing, aside from the little stutter issue that the PC, Game Pass PC-specific yeah. version had early on, uh, there was, like, there was nothing... There was no. not a single oddity, bug, crash, uh, moment where I was like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Is this broken? Nothing. Like, it, it was just so smooth all the way through. Yeah. Um, it's like the God of War 2018 of platformers. It you know, is. It's just like, yeah. It's just like the most high-budget, high-production, creative, uh, and impressive AAA-feeling thing in quite a few years. And I, yeah, I would have never in a billion years predicted that from Psychonauts 2. Wow, uh, yeah. Wild, crazy. What a cool surprise. I kind of just want to go replay it right now. <laughs> I was thinking that, yeah. I really was thinking that. So that's, yeah. Good on them. I, I'm just so happy for them, you know? It's such a feel-good release. Because mm-hmm. Double Fine, I, I've followed double fine fairly closely over the last 10 years i would say uh they i think mainly just because they were pretty tight with giant bomb in the early days and so there was a lot of double fine presence on the on that site early on uh and then i was sick like six or seven years ago and watched the entirety full length of the uh broken age production documentary Mm. which is like a 20 part series jesus uh, and is is the most they have a, a a production crew embedded with them, sort of like Noclip, but I think Double Fine per, like pays for it all. And it's the two-player productions is their name. It is the Broken Age one is the most in-depth, honest, raw account of video game pr- development ever ever made. Uh, like there are me- you know, you see meetings of them deciding they have to lay people off. You see like them figuring out the art style for broken age all of that um and it really i don't know just when you play some play their games and then watch that you're like oh double fine i get it i'm attached to them and to Mm -hmm. see them now owned by microsoft they're finally stable after 20 years of struggling and they put out this thing is just it's amazing and and i believe psychonauts 2 later this year they have uh a similar documentary coming out so Ooh, we'll be able to see uh because okay. they because it was all 
a fig project initially, right? So they had to, part of their pitch was, we're obviously going to document this the way we did with Broken Age. So I think they have years of footage uh, that's going to come out at some point. So, and I really look forward to seeing that. Um, but yeah, Double yeah. Fine, they've always been really cool. And it's just great to see them succeed and put out easily their best game ever. Oh my God, yeah. And I, I have no idea how they top this. Uh, I don't know that they need to. Um, their next game doesn't need to be quite this good, but if it is, we're in for some real treats over the next 10 years from Double Fine if they keep yeah. at this level of quality because <laughs> Psychonauts 2 is just fucking crazy good. I hope people slowly start to find it because obviously yeah. Psychonauts 1 was a cult classic, uh, but Psychonauts 2 is technically, depending on your situation, maybe not behind much of a paywall. Uh, most people who have an Xbox or maybe even a, you know, a good PC are probably aware of the Game Pass app and engaging in Game Pass. And if you are one of those people, you should absolutely 100% play this game. Even yeah. if this genre is not for you, if you already have Game Pass, there's no reason not to. Uh, it's one of the best games uh, of the year and one of the best 3D platformers ever made. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's crazy. Even if, you, even if you're on PlayStation, like... It's worth oh, yeah. full price. Like I, yeah, it is. It is. I would sell, like, but... I, I will buy this game on Steam one day so that I own it. You know, mm. uh, I like I have. I would have no problems having paid full price for this game. There is that special level of like, ah, I paid three dollars for this, haha, and it's the best thing ever. Wow, what a crazy thing. You know, that does sort of. There is a fun. There's fun to that, but also if I had paid full price for this, I can tell you right now, I would have been a hundred percent satisfied oh, yeah. oh, because yeah. it's it's one of the best games. Yeah, like you said, not of this year, of the last few years, one of the best three D three D platformers ever made. Uh, play Psychonauts two, please. Please, <laughs> it's so good. It's brilliant, man. It's just it's brilliant. amazing. Yeah. So moving on, the next game will be Deathloop. From Arcane Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played a lot of Arcane stuff. A lot of it. Uh, yeah, maybe all of, their all modern of it. Stuff. Well, yeah, I don't really know what... I don't, I, I don't know if they really, you know... They did exist before Dishonored 1, but, like, not, you know... I mean, come on. I think the people who did um, Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. I think so, yeah. We, that yeah. game is actually pretty fun. I think I played, yeah. like, four or five hours of it. It, it gets, like, repetitive because it's old, but... Yeah. It's pretty goofy and funny. Terrible, terrible game title. My God, though. They've been around since 1999. Yeah. But they only pu published two games in the 2000s and then Dishonored in 2012. So Dishonored really was their thing that, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we played Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Prey, Mooncrash, Death of the Outsider. And I would say, you know, to varying degrees, like all those games. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. is Mooncrash and uh, Death of the Outsider the same like, main studio? Do they have spin-off studios? I wasn't sure about that. They have... I believe the way it works is they have Arcane Austin, Texas. Right. And Arcane Lyon, France. And Lyon is the Dishonored team. So this mm -hmm. is Arcane Lyon's Deathloop as well. And then Austin is Prey and Redfall coming up. I believe that's how it is. Oh. So was Mooncrash the main main studio? And Mooncrash, yeah, Prey and Mooncrash were Austin. I don't think there's like a main or a second. There's just right. two, yeah. Prey and Mooncrash and Redfall are Austin, Texas. Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Death the Outsider, and Deathloop are Leon, I believe. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Which makes sense. It does. Because this game is very Dishonored-like. It is very Dishonored-like. It is very yeah. Dishonored-like. Um, I... Maybe we should explain the basic concept of the game before we dive in, because it's a bit of a weird one. And, but also, I feel like this game had a huge, huge marketing budget, and I feel like everyone in the world has heard about this game, maybe against their will. Because, wow, uh, this game was everywhere. I don't know, you, you might have better, more successful ad block than me. When it comes yeah, to there, <laughs> I know it got, like, sort of memed on for showing up at every single Sony show. Yeah. Um, and I know they put out a lot of trailers, I think to the point that, like, the Deathloop Twitter account was joking about how many trailers they had on launch day. Uh, but yeah, it definitely, there were definitely a lot of trailers. I didn't watch any of them except for the one at the PS5 event, like, a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that looks like an arcane game. I'm, I'll play that. And I didn't really know... I honestly had no... Like, the, all I knew about Deathloop going into it was there were, like, a half dozen maps, and... I don't think I knew that. Had, I, think, I think I'd read an interview where, like, we have a small number of maps, and you have to assassinate the targets, and also you can be invaded by human players. And that's, yeah. that's like, all I knew. And, there, I mean, you know, that, that is totally accurate. And a, it's a pretty much basic, the game summary of it yeah. yeah uh but um there's definitely a lot more to all of those things than it sounds i would say yeah but, it's different than i imagined in my head that's what yeah. i would say the do you have a do do is that enough of a summary i don't know uh yeah yeah you you're on an a... island there's a time loop when you die the time loop restarts or when the day ends the time loop also restarts and there are four maps and there are targets that you have to assassinate on each map. And you sort of have to figure out how to assassinate them all in one loop. And when you do that, you beat the game. Yeah. Sounds, yeah, there, there you go. That's Deathloop. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. I'm and you get the blink ability from Dishonored. And, and they called it Shift, the boss. They called it Shift. How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> There's lore reasons for that. I don't give a shit about that lore. I can't believe they <laughs> yeah. changed the name of Blink. How dare they? <laughs> I know. Shift. It is literally just Blink. What Even the, hell the is UI, shift? like when you when you're when you get it onto a ledge that you're gonna climb up onto, that's yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. God, how dare they? Um might as well just start with my overall feelings and then we yeah. can break it down. I have a yes, I yeah, I want to do the same thing. Okay. I'm interested in how you feel about it. I know you watched me stream some of it, so maybe you have some suspicions about how I feel about it. I don't know. But um, I would say that I had a lot of, like, really good individual moments in Deathloop. But I would say that overall, it didn't really come together for me in most facets of the game. Um, I, I would say I like it overall. But also, I'm kind of disappointed by it. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little disappointed. I'm, actually, I'm quite disappointed, actually. I probably, I would say I like it. I suspect I like it more than you do. Mm -hmm. But I would also pretty much agree with all of that exactly. I would say I had a lot yeah. of really good moments with it. Yeah. I think conceptually it's amazing and mm -hmm. i think i think it's about 80 percent of the way to being one of the coolest games ever made at the but I, I agree it did not ever there was never a moment where it all went 
click, and the snowball happened, and I was like, ah, Deathloop is incredible. And yeah, I, I agree with you pretty much exactly. I, I would also okay. like to say that uh, yeah, I, I think this will be a chat where there's a lot of critiquing. Oh, a lot, yeah. And for my part, it comes from a place of really liking a lot of it. And the critiques are things that I wish had been done a little bit better or differently, and that would have allowed it to go like you know from an 80 to 100 in my head in terms of liking it. And it's I, I've, sometimes these chats where, where we have a game like this that has a lot of criticism, I feel like we sometimes miss saying that like hey i i did like a lot of this i mean i i spent a lot of time playing it and i enjoyed the majority of my time with it um also though part of it i feel like i would probably be hotter on the game in like a month or two once i have forgotten the unbelievable multitude of technical problems i had with it yeah um, which we'll that. get to um and and because you know, some games you, you have technical problems with and it and the, and you sort of never regard the game positively ever because also other parts of it weren't good. Like Fallout 4, technical mess, but I've forgotten the technical problems and I realize, ah, Fallout 4, I never care for it. But other games, and I think this is one of them, I'll be like, ah, the technical problems were a f huge bummer. But now that in three months from now, when I maybe we talk about it, I don't know. Um, I might say like, ah, now that I've sort of forgotten those technical issues, I'm able to better appreciate the majority of the time that I had with it being quite positive. So I, you know, that that's what I would say as a preface, I suppose, to what I suspect will be a fairly critical and lengthy discussion about Deathloop. Yeah, I, I will say I'm definitely more negative than you. <laughs> yeah, 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 I figured, yeah. I'm but definitely I, more I, negative. Yeah, I, uh... I like a lot about it, and I wish I loved it uh, as a whole. I like, I like some of it. I do like mm. some of it. We've got to start somewhere. We've yes. got to start somewhere. Maybe just get the technical stuff out of the way. Maybe just start like Shh. kind of outside of the, you know, the yeah, game. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I'll just quickly say, because yeah. I know you had a bit of a rougher time, that it, it was rough for me, uh, but it was mostly just weird frame and performance stuff. Uh, very, like inconsistent and unsmooth like frame transitions if that makes any sense like you yeah. feel the game chugging and feeling odd even though the frame frames weren't dipping that low um it's just again i'm not i'm not what you call it who's the uh, the breakdown digital guy foundry. i'm not a digital yeah. foundry i don't really understand the in and outs but i know that many games dip from you know i don't know 100 frames to 70 to 60 all the time depending on how busy the game is but a lot of times you don't feel that as heavily Especially and... when we have G-Sync monitors, right? And, yeah. and good computers, yeah. Yeah, the, the, it's a problem with the PC port above mm -hmm. 60 FPS. It, it doesn't pace the frames correctly, so it right. might be rendering all of them, but they're displaying okay. incorrectly. And, and that gives it a feeling of stutteriness. And then also, I think this was just patched, but the mouse would not move appropriately through those frames either. So the mouse would stutter yeah. outside of the game stuttering in a sense none That's... of it is actual stutters it's more just yeah. like presentation of frames um so i had the mouse thing so i copied your settings you sent over in discord and that's when i had the mouse thing and right. then when i reverted it to default settings i didn't have the mouse thing but the um the inconsistent frame stuff i had throughout the whole game yeah and you know eventually you do get kind of blind to it but it's still just it just doesn't feel silky smooth and it should because it's a nice fast fps game and you kind of want that 
Yeah, and it's not like the most, you know, visually astonishing game ever. It doesn't look like there should be problems to it or major performance drops. And and there definitely are, like, I mean, there were areas, I think, in Updom where I'm getting down to, like, 80 FPS on a 3090, you know? Yeah, and it's sort of like, for sure. eh, like, this engine... And it basically, it's the Dishonored 2 engine, and, and I remember Dishonored 2 being exactly the same on PC at the time. Mm. It, it was just like, this is not running the way it should be based on how it looks, and it's not smooth, and it never really got there on my PC either. Um, but yeah, so, so there is a certain amount of uh, just PC, like small PC annoyances uh, when I it goes up 60 some, FPS. some console issue, issues as well. I'm not sure if you looked into that. I did hear, hear there was some like PS5 crashing or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I didn't pay much attention to uh, sure, sure. to that stuff. But then, yeah, um, crashing was the main thing for me. Uh, yeah, there was, there was an RTX-related crash, it seems. Uh, and for me, it happened, let's say, 90% of the time when I would edit a weapon trinket, uh, mm-hmm. my loadout for weapon trinkets in the loadout screen, my game would hard crash. And that probably happened eight times or so. And then I turned and then I found someone like I was probably 12 hours in at that point. I saw someone saying, ah, it's it's ray tracing, turn off ray tracing stuff, which makes me sad because I have a good card. I want to be able to see that stuff, mm-hmm. even if it is subtle. Turn that off. The crashing went away until it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I stopped crashing in the loadout screen and instead started crashing mid-missions. Um, so I had one crash when we were doing our invasions where you invaded me and then 15 minutes into that or so, my game crashed for no reason. It was just mid-traversal and combat. And then I was playing and I was 30 minutes in discovering a ton of new stuff and mid-mission, mid-fight, hard crash, same error code as every time. Uh, again, later on, maybe like 15 minutes into a mission, I uh, was saying passwords into a microphone, you know, to open a door. And uh, the first time you do that, it takes you out of, it puts you into sort of like cutscene mode where your weapons lower and you can't move or interact or do anything. And uh, he said the passwords and I was never taken out of cutscene mode. And so I was just stuck. Oh. Unable to move or do anything. I had to... Uh, go back to the main menu and lose that progress. Um, and yeah, that it, it really sucked because yes. it's a single-player, story-driven exploration game. It's an arcane game. Um, and they're, you know, they're literally called Immersive Sims for a reason. It's about getting immersed in the area and spending long chunks of time. And also, there's no save progress when you're in a mission. You have to complete the mission and leave the mission to pro like to save all to log all that progress because of the online nature and the the semi very very light roguelite ish thing that they have going on there uh, means that there's no mid mission checkpoints and so having a hard crash just sucks the energy out of it even if it's a hard crash at after everything's been saved it just sucks the it takes you out of the mood and you're just and i'm just like i i'm done i'm I'm done playing mm-hmm. for today like I, i'm just not going to come back to it and uh yeah i think it's probably the most a game has ever crashed on me wow yeah uh you know fallout 4 was similar cyberpunk like i i think i crashed once in cyberpunk yeah i know other people had many more but that was a game where saving and reloading fixed every problem i encountered pretty much 
Worse and than so, cyberpunk is not something you ever want to hear. That it was worse than cyberpunk in any technical reality. <laughs> yeah, I had. I think I had eight to ten hard crashes, and then at least one. No, I had two times where the scripting slash I got stuck and had to save and reload, including one of them that happened uh, in my final loop uh, run at the very end of the last uh, in the evening to clearing out Updom. I had to save and, and restart that mission because a uh, scripting thing didn't trigger. Oh. And, you know, I spent quite, I spent a lot longer with it to get through than you. I think it's, it was like 23, 24 hours. But like, that was like, we're talking like a dozen crashes in 24 hours of playtime. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's which a, lot. Is, that's is, a lot. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, and the worst part is that it, aside from sucking the energy out of a run, it, or of a session, it, um, it makes, I mean, I, it gave me that feeling like the thing was going to explode at any moment. And yeah, it's like an anxiety had that. thing. You know, I, yeah, and I haven't it. had that in a long time since, you know, Fallout 4 really stands out. I was going to say, I was, it felt like I was playing a Bethesda game, but I oh. I, it, I literally am, except, <gasps> I mean, a Bethesda game studio game and not a Bethesda published game. But um, It's leaking across. It, yeah, it's just that feeling of not wanting to poke because you're worried it's going to explode is really bad in a game that is uh, about poking at things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like I played, I don't know, 12, 14 hours in like the first few days of it coming out. And then it took me another eight days to finish it because mm -hmm. I just, every day I just was less inspired to finish it because of the technical issues among other things as well. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. That we'll get yeah. to. It's not the only reason, yeah. But uh, yeah, the the PC port sucks. <laughs> like they need to do better. Yeah. And I get, you know, I, I'm I'm more forgiving as well because of COVID. I get it. Um, but you know, I can I can forgive a couple of crashes. But when it's this many, I know I got unlucky abnormally. So I'm usually pretty lucky actually with technical stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it just it really really hampered my enjoyment of the entire thing i would say from start to finish yeah, uh, which is a real bummer yeah uh, moving on yeah moving on to the actual game <laughs> <laughs> uh let's just quickly get something out of the way that uh, didn't seem to bother you that much but i i really thought the opening hours of the game were a complete mess when it comes to introducing you to how the game works um i'm not i don't want to dive too deep into it uh it's it's a pretty involved game when it comes to systems there's four maps there's four times of day per map there's seven targets there's a pvp system there's powers there's guns and all this like rpg shit but um i i don't know how to i'm not a game designer i don't know how i would have uh, made it gentler on the player when it comes to getting grips uh getting to grips with everything um but all i'm gonna say is i don't think they did a good job um mm. it took me four hours before i had any idea what the hell was going on, and I was mostly just a little bit annoyed for the first three to four hours because um, I just didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know how anything worked. There was like 900 documents, 17 menus of leads for guns and all this shit, and it was just horribly overwhelming in a way which I found uh, not enjoyable. Uh, the game was definitely, its premise was cool enough to push me forward, and I was enjoying a lot of it enough to you know, just push through. It kind of reminds me of my opening with Obra Dinn. I was uh, also pretty frustrated at the uh, opening couple of hours of Obra Dinn as well. Uh, but, you know, um, I'm not going to dwell on it. I push through. 
Um, I got past it, and then eventually I did understand how the game worked, but it, I just don't think that part of the game was handled very well. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. Don't know how to make it better, mm. but the first three to four hours are quite a lot and confusing, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it, I didn't find it confusing, but I agree that it was a lot. It was more so... I found myself overwhelmed, but in a good way, actually, where I think my brain just, I don't know, you know, sort of figured it out and understood, I think, what they were doing quicker than I thought it would. And uh, I was pretty quickly like, okay, yeah, I get it. This is a lot, but like, okay, I get it. And yeah. I'm intrigued and, and into it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, it's pretty easy to, to see how it would be not fun because it is, it is sort of just like beating you over the head with information, which again, yeah. Uh, yeah introducing systems in games seems really difficult and i don't know exactly how you do it in a in a way that's smooth it is a pretty this format is like definitely new it's like this weird new game type new puzzle game type has come out you know oberdin outer wilds now deathloop where instead of being like here is um i don't know the, the portal format where here's one puzzle then you do it and here's puzzle two it's like, here is the entire fucking game. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a tangled ball of like red yarn. And you just have to like put your hand in and start like untangling everything. Um, and when it's that stuff, it just makes my head want to explode at the beginning. I am a weirdo. I, I literally enjoy untangling like ball, like <laughs> tangled <laughs> things. Like, li like okay, genuinely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's satisfying. Yeah, I'm the guy who, when like you have tangled wires, I will just get frustrated and pull as hard as I can until something breaks. Right. That's me. I'm like, yeah. this fucking sucks. Yeah. Not that's... not the non definitely. I was talking about the wires, but that's yeah. a good. It's a good comparison though. It's perfect. Honestly, that's it says a lot about of. the brains. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we can move past that because you know, if you like puzzle games, uh, if you played Oberdin Outer Wilds, uh, you know those games are pretty similar. Where at the beginning you don't know what the hell's going on. You just kind of have to deal with that shit and push through, and I don't know if there's a way to avoid it in this format. No. I don't know. And I think, to, to springboard us in a direction here, I think sure. calling it, referring to it amongst other puzzle games, I think is accurate in a, in a sense. The first, I don't know, dozen hours of the game, I regarded it as a puzzle game in a lot of ways, because... Yeah. It, Are we it, going there? I think so. Okay, I think, because okay. it, it, it presents itself as a puzzle game. Sure. It puts all the pieces of a puzzle game in front of you and lets you start to put the puzzle together for a long for quite a while and then at a certain point you realize oh it's a linear action game um mm -hmm. and there is literally no puzzle to solve whatsoever. And no. I mean that's probably the biggest disappointment I have with the entire game. Oh yeah. Oh, um, I I just think to, for people that haven't played it it's essentially imagine a Hitman level it, it's basically a Hitman level in a lot of ways. Yeah. Except imagine you have to go through four Hitman levels to beat it. And if it was a Hitman game, they would just say, hey, we have these story missions that you can follow where, and you can, you know, you just follow the objective marker and you get to see and do a dumb assassination. And those are very yeah. good and entertaining. And they have that in Deathloop. And they're pretty, a couple of them are pretty fun. Um, but what Hitman has is also, you can just kill the target in probably a trillion ways and interactions and little clockwork things that you can, you know, domino effects that you can happen and you can plan out and execute these targets in any way you want. And what I thought the game was for quite a while was, was that, except it was, you know, here are four levels 
with these targets and here's this a path you could follow but you could also spend you know a dozen hours learning each map learning the routines of the targets and then figuring out the perfect snowball you yeah. know connection and and executing your amazing murder heist um but and and that's why i say it, it's like 80 percent of the way to being one of the neatest things ever because i think that concept is incredible and oh, yeah. and in my head pulling that off and having my way to beat the loop be completely different from yours would have been one of the coolest things of the year yeah. and the reality is it's 110 percent not that at all no. it's literally yeah. just follow the objective marker to beat the game and that you can change the way you kill the character like a tiny little bit but it's always yeah. in the same place in like you know i i i killed uh, alexis dorsey by dropping him into his meat grinder and oh that's cool yeah yeah and i found a way to id him that was very non-intrusive it's with his music that he has a, a dance a song that you can put on um and it you know it identifies him without alerting anyone and then he walks and does his stand-up comedy routine or whatever the fuck and yeah. i dropped him into the thing and like so you know you could just also shoot him in the head and run away um but that's about the only variance you get mm -hmm. and yeah that's the biggest bummer for me with the entire game yeah yeah there's pretty much no freedom in how you tackle the objectives i would say actually that's not entirely true the the choices are is mostly the order in which you discover the final route Right. Uh, but when it comes time to execute the final loop, which should be the climax of the game, there is only one route to follow. And being honest, it's not very interesting, in my opinion. No, um, not I, at all. Yeah, I was expecting, uh, I don't know, some sort of unique mechanic, something different to happen. But you're kind of just shooting people you've already shot before. Mm -hmm. And the visionaries, which are the targets in the game... They're not that interesting to fight, and they're not all that strong because they're mostly just people. Yeah. Um, which is which can be fine, but I would imagine, or I would hope that the way you get to them could be difficult or challenging. But that's not all. That's not difficult either. Yeah. So uh, the only yeah, person I, I that's mean, tricky is is identifying Alexis at the party. Yeah, but for me in my final loop, he just. He just kind of came out of a door and I shot him in the face. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know it was him. I didn't even know it was him. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just came out of a door and I just shot him in the head. And you like, oh, you've beat Deathloop, basically. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great. But that's, yeah, yeah. That's, it's especially weird to me because it's arcane. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Prey and Dishonored, but especially Prey, which granted is seemingly a different team, but, like, Prey is, like, one of the most open-ended games you can play. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can kill literally everyone in that game, and the game still manages to tell its story to you somehow. And, and like, you can go about all these things in such a different way. And Dishonored dis is pretty open, kind of. It is, yeah. Options. I mean, it, Dishonored is at least, like, linear levels that you progress through. But, like, the, the way you can get through them is so varied. And that mm -hmm. is also the case here with Deathloop in terms of exploration and and the unraveling of the 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 ball of yarn but like yes when it comes to finishing the fight if you will it's yeah. just push left stick forward and occasionally pull the you know shoot the guy um yeah 
I think for me, um, another big problem when it comes to maybe more specifically the end loop, um, I feel like they just didn't quite balance the power curve in this game. Mm. There just wasn't much... I just wasn't worried about anything going wrong in the final loop because I was so strong and so powerful. Um, and maybe this will transition into uh, like combat or something because everything kind of like entangles in, in on itself. Um, I will say, uh, I don't want to, you know, go in a different direction, but um, if you, if you want to have a good time, I would recommend not picking up the silenced SMG. Uh, yeah, that gun fucking breaks everything. I don't oh, yeah. know what they were thinking putting that in the game because all they have to do is remove that gun and everything becomes a little bit more interesting because you can't just silence headshot everyone in the entire game. Um, which includes, by the way, some of the visionaries because oh, you yeah. can get a power where you can link them up to different people and whatever you do oh, to right. the other people can kill, you know, affects everyone that's connected, kind of like a weird voodoo doll power. So you can just connect any powerful visionary to some little scrub and then just shoot the scrub in the head and then the visionary dies uh, with a silenced pistol. It kind of feels like the way I broke Metal Gear Solid 5 for myself when I found the silenced sniper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I tried to do some experimentation using the powers, but, um, you know, when it comes down to the final loop in the game, I'm not really in the mood to take risks because it's supposed to be the crescendo. It's supposed to be the finale and I want to beat the game. I'm kind of excited to get there. So, yeah, I just, I, I had all these powers. Uh, I had a silenced pistol, and I just walked through the end of the game, and then it just ends. And I was like, oh, huh. I just, I really came to miss the, the feeling of, like, being threatened from Dishonored and Prey. I really missed the tension and being scared. I was just, like, never scared. Even of Juliana, which I know we'll get to in a point, but because I had three times respawns, and I just had to kill her once. Right. Again, we'll, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll it's, save it's Juliana. All coming, it's, it's all merging together, but... Yes, yeah. No, the power thing is, is definitely a note I have as well. And I, I think, again, so much of, like, the first half of my time with this was so good, and the second half is just where everything just starts to get, like, meh. And the yeah. second half of the game is where I'm just like, yeah. I, I, by then, I had the, um, the suppressed pistol for, or the suppressed SMG for quite a long time. I, I actually found it pretty early. And, yeah, me too. uh... And it was really fun for a while, but then, yeah, when, when you get to, like, I'm spending another eight hours going through these levels, it's just, like, I was just bombing around, just going boop, 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 just, you know, shooting everyone, they're dropping dead, no one's being alerted, there's just <laughs> zero tension, and, but in the first half, there, there was, I did have good moments of, yeah, of tension, and, and that was when the game was at its best, and... Yes, absolutely. You know, part of it, part of the ease comes from mouse and keyboard. It makes it very easy to just you're going to hit every headshot you take. Um, but yeah, the you have all these powers. You can be invisible. I have the upgrade for invisibility. Invisibility, where if I stop moving, I never, I don't drain the power, so I can just sit yeah. there completely invisible. Which again, yeah, that's cool. It's fun. I lost that one. Oh <laughs> damn! It's fun. It's like all the all the things individually are fun. The suppressed SMG is fun. But when you put it all together and then you're going through the levels over and over again, it just becomes like mundane busy work and, and the AI are really bad, yeah. uh, which again, I think part of that is fine. It, it works for a time, but after a certain point, you're just like, I wish I could get in like an interesting engagement here mm -hmm. um, because also the Juliana players are fucking terrible as well. Um, 
which we'll talk about. Uh, and and yeah, the you there's no sense of progression. You are getting so much more powerful, and that's fun. And there's fun ha to be had with like the ease with which you're able to navigate the world and things like that. But there is never a roadblock put in your way ever yeah. um, to test to say, your challenge. It's hard to say if like. Can you even make a game where you're super powerful, but also an assassin? Like, how, how does that even, like, go together? Because it just doesn't feel like it works. Like, how do you make a game about sneaking up and taking people down when you're an absolute powerhouse? I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because, like, Hitman is smart about where it's just like, this is just a dude. Yeah, and if, and he's always he, been like and, an assassin games, really. Yeah, and if, if you get killed, like, you can get killed really quickly. And you can get killed quickly in Deathloop, except you have three lives, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, that's a lot, by the way. It's a lot of lives. Oh, it's insane, yeah. I, I don't, you, don't you get one back if you kill a visionary or something? Maybe. I definitely I think got you, one back when I killed Juliana once, but I couldn't tell if that's because she killed me first. I don't, I'm not sure, yeah. But, yeah, even if you had no spare life, um, and if you just died, you died... I probably would have only, I think I would have only died maybe like two or three times yeah. Uh, if I only had the one life to work with. But I had three, and I think with three lives, I, I think I died once to a Juliana. I think I died and that was it. twice or three times. One of them, I yeeted myself up a cliff. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yes, that was a good <laughs> clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. I killed myself. Uh, but yeah, just, yeah. There, there's, and again, I feel like if, the finale was you executing your own plan yeah. that would nullify so many of these problems because it, it wouldn't be about getting power checked. It would be about executing your amazing plan. And, but it's not, it's just, you're just, you just start following the pointers and you're clicking on everything and everything's falling dead as you walk by. And then the credits roll and there's just God. no, there's just no sense of progress or payoff at all yeah. really i would say which is uh, a problem <laughs> i think my uh, my biggest disappointment of the entire year in gaming was when i i had this word document and i was i was really excited i i had it all laid out it's like okay i've got to get harriet in the morning and i do this thing with the fireworks and then you get to a certain point and a cutscene starts and he's like all right in the morning i'm gonna go and i'm gonna give harriet a visit pop her in the head and then I'm, I actually can't remember how Cole sounds like. So he doesn't sound like that, but he's an amazing... Like just side note, the voice actor for Cole does an amazing job. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know exactly and then they, what you're they, I'm not going to say it all, but they list out yeah. exactly what you do in a cutscene. It's not just like waypoints. They just spell it out when you get to the end of the game or ready to do the end of the game. They just tell you how to do it. And I had this Word document out and I was like, I, I kind of like it. When you're, I was like making oh, yeah. my plan and I was like quite excited about doing it. And then they just spell it out in a cutscene, a high production yeah. cutscene. It's like, what? What's the point of this entire game? Like, isn't it? Aren't I supposed to be working this out? And obviously the answer was no. No, I guess not. that's the thing. Yeah. Like, you're, did these you're... guys made Moon Crash? I don't understand. Yeah. You're working it out until you're not. Yeah. Like, I, I, had a, I took notes for this as well. I took, like, wrote with a pen on paper. Uh, and I think it's the first time I've ever taken notes in it for a first-person shooter, which I thought was really cool. I'm like, okay, there are, you know, these little things that aren't tracked that I want to investigate. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, the complex, there's a crank wheel in the lab at the entrance, okay, that, so that's a note to myself about later. Yeah, or there are a few codes, there are, sometimes there are codes that change every run, so they're not added to your notes. Mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, the, the very top of my list, first thing written down, Harriet dash morning question mark. Yeah. Frank evening fireworks question mark. Fia, Charlie, they're, you know, flooding. And then I stopped taking those notes because by the 10 hour mark, I realized, oh, this is not, I, I'm not planning anything out. And no, um, there's nothing to plan. Yeah. And then uh, similarly, I stopped taking notes at a certain point as well with regards to interesting mysteries side things that i wanted to investigate and this was much like very near the end of my playthrough that i stopped like just jotting little reminders down um because you pretty quickly realize that like that they're not worth solving in in terms of in-game rewards there there's nothing to get there are like three or four unique weapons which are cool and i went and got those yeah they're cool um but you know there's there's this whole um, there's the class pass in Updom, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I know mm-hmm. how to get a class pass now, which yeah, I only I discovered ver- very near the end of the game. And or there's the um the guy that gets killed by Harriet during her morning spiel, and he's I the could never figure that out. By the way, I can even yeah. see where he was. He's the one on the crane being lowered into the gas, and so you have to what? stop him that's from him? being. Yes, he, they say oh. his name. They they say you know she. If you get there, if you get to her sermon very quickly, oh, she says. Oh, I kept shooting that guy. I didn't know that was him. <laughs> yeah, and so you can save him, and then you come back at noon, and he's alive. Um, oh, do you I get a mask for this. Alexis's party if you do that? Oh no, I don't think so. I think you just get a, a purple trinket. Oh, I thought you That's get a the wolf thing. mask. No, I don't believe so. I be- I'm I haven't done it yet. I will still do it. I need to get footage anyways. I'm. But I'm pretty sure all you get is a purple trinket because I can hear the purple trinket in his locked room. Right. And that's the thing. I like the idea that you're able, maybe you'd be able to get the wolf mask and then you can just walk into the party and walk around the party. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case at all. And I think that just further. But they keep hinting at the wolf mask. Exactly. Like, all, all over the game. Part of me wonders if, if, is if they, you know a year and a half ago, let's say, um, realized that they just can't spend, like, two more years, you know, doing the work to make this the thing that they had originally thought. I don't know. It's just, it feels like everything was pointing towards it being this Mm Hitman-like puzzle game. And then the last year and a half or two, they just said, oh, God, we this is, no, we have to just shrink it down. You have to, it has, yeah. just has to be a linear path to the end. I mean, like, and, the actual ending, which we won't spoil or oh go into, because there's nothing to really talk about, but that does stink of, like, COVID restrictions and time limits and shit, you know? Because that's just, yeah, you know... It's like really the most happens. non-ending I've seen in a game in ages yeah. as well, yeah. That was a bit um, strange. Because they build up story and, like, some stuff that's happening, and I, so I kind of thought something would happen, but uh, nothing no. Nothing happens. No, no. yeah. And, and related to that, Arcane... This is probably my biggest problem with every arcane game to date is that they build like unbelievably compelling worlds in terms of lore, art, uh, like the integration just of mechanics and story and everything in their games feels so thought through. Yeah. And then it's let down by all of their games having a really boring or nothing story. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, the actual story plots of their games have been bad every time 
And it's really frustrating because you spend so much time picking through things. And I know you don't like reading things as much as I do, but I enjoy them for building the world, uh, less so for telling the story. But also, so you, you get, I get attached to and interested in the world. And then the main story is just like, whatever, it's over, haha, twist, or something like that. And yeah. Dishonored 1 and 2 are that way, Prey was that way, Mooncrash was that way, and this is that way. And it's a bummer because, man, their worlds are so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we, we've kind of gone all over the place. Um, but let me take a, a moment to talk about a positive time I had in the game, which is going to transition into another, another negative. <laughs> <laughs> but I had what I would call a honeymoon period uh, with this game. Yeah. Um, and the entire honeymoon period, it's just going to be called Updam. The, the second time I played the game, I you know, was frustrated at the tutorialization. So I thought I'm going to stick in one map and just kind of you know, be thorough with the one map. And the map I chose was Updam. And it was an amazing four to five hours just in Updam because, um, again, I, I was just focused. I was having some good Juliana uh, invasions while trying to do stuff. Um, but the complaint comes because I think the maps are a little uneven in just general gameplay design. Yeah. I think some of them are given a bit more love and attention. Um, I don't think the complex is very interesting. Uh, I didn't think Frank's Bay was very interesting. Uh, but I thought some of the stuff you were doing in Updam was really cool. I like the weird Mission Impossible game show that's hidden in there. I like <laughs> yeah. the initial mystery where you don't even know how to get over to... Um, Charlie, Charlie's Island. Charlie's place, yeah. Charlie's place. There's that the most painful uh, scavenger hunt safe puzzle under the bridge, which <laughs> took me like two. That. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous, and the award is uh, not very good. But is it, a it was purple still like trinket? A, I think it was just some. Uh, what's the currency for infusing? Oh, residium. I think, yeah, I think it's just like five hundred residium or something like that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, you know, bringing it back to the positive, it was just a really, really good four to five hours. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it didn't really hold up because I think the maps are a little bit uneven in like what you're doing on them. Uh, Updam has a lot of like really fun mysteries. Obviously, the finale kind of kicks off from there. Uh, Alexis's mansion is a really good spot as well. It's super dense and the most challenging part of the game. And just uh, some of the other maps just don't really have a lot going on. Um, I thought Fear's reactor was a super cool mechanic. Uh, and then you go past that and it never like gets used again. I was like, holy shit. I don't even know necessarily what that is. The Fear's because, reactor? Yeah, because I found a note for how to deactivate it like very, very early on in the game. And then I stumbled into the reactor and deactivated it. And then, yeah, oh. I don't even know like what the threat is of it. <laughs> uh, if If you alert anyone in there and you don't know how to uh you know right. what's it called? diffuse the reactor um it blows up destroys the island and the entire loop ends <laughs> and great. it's when it, ha it happened to me twice and it is like the most punishing intense moment in the entire game because it's the only place with like risk and consequence for your inactions of yeah. not being stealthy and i was like oh my god i hope this comes into like the final loop it reminded me of the uh what, what the fish called in um Outer Wilds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The anglerfish or whatever. Anglerfish. It reminded me of that part where there's like one last moment of tension where you're like, if I screw this up, I've got to do all of this over again. And I thought that would be incorporated into the end loop. 
and you just kind of do it once and it doesn't come up again. Again, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. My main point was that some of the maps aren't as fun. Like sometimes you're just like looking around for numbers and batteries and paintings and there's just too much like picking up, finding a code, getting another code, looking at paintings, picking up batteries and stuff that I just don't think is very fun to do mm. when it comes to like the environmental puzzle solving in the game. I think uh, the first of all, the reactor thing touches on on something that I really like about all of Arcane's games and is absolutely present here is that just the the paths through it, the game, are, can be so different. Yeah. I, I know, like, every time I would click on your stream, I would have to bail after about 10 minutes because I would see stuff that I hadn't seen before, which is cool. And all of the levels are really well designed in terms of pathways, things opening up or closing depending on time of day, which is something yeah. I, I was really fascinated by early they're, on. They're very intricate. Yes, they're they're incredibly intricately designed, and like Updom is just a, a, a masterful level in terms of layout. And oh, I love that place. But also just the idea that the they the levels change depending on time of day. That was something that was really in, compelling to me early on, and and maintained all the way through. Because uh, I went, you know, to uh, Fristad Rock, which I thought was probably the least interesting of the lot because it it just there was just like nothing there. Mm -hmm. But I, I only went there in the morning at like very near the end of the game and realized there's this whole big uh, Frank's, you know, recording studio was in there and yeah. exploring that was really cool. And, and I, I, there are a lot of really, I don't know. I, I like poking around. I really like just like, you know, nose to the ground, crawling around, looking at every nook and cranny of, of maps in first person games. And I really liked the sheer number of like little, sort of puzzle environmental puzzles or interesting things that yeah you're like yeah. what's going on here and and there are a lot of them that i still want to go and look at um again the the actual rewards are rarely worthwhile but i take pleasure in just discovering and solving those little things mm -hmm. that are just useless and and there are a lot of them in there and and it just arcane if nothing else they're able to build really interesting and intricately designed levels uh and and i but i do agree that uh updom is extremely extremely good and none of the others are quite as good as updom and mm -hmm. then like the complex and even Fristad rock are both sort of like eh, they they feel about a third of the size of updom and yeah and it feels it and and there's only four there's only four maps in the game and and yes they do change a little bit depending on the time of day but four levels is not a lot mm -hmm. for a game that I spent like 24 hours with or yeah. something like that. Um, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, I was, I was bored of all of the levels by the end yeah. of it. Repetition uh, which, is an issue for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say, while we're kind of on the, the topic of the format, we're kind of bouncing all over the place. But uh, I think... The one thing I've always really loved about Arcane, or maybe this is more like a recent thing, uh, after Moon Crash, is I, I like what they're trying with the format or the mm -hmm. genre. I think they've realized that the traditional rogue, not rogue, like um, immersive um, sim, immersive sim is kind of it's not dying out, but people are starting to maybe get a bit tired of the old format, and they're doing their best to reinvent it. Um, and I do think uh, conceptually. That Deathloop is super creative and interesting. 
Uh, I like the problem solving uh, when it comes to how do you make a time loop game but not rush the player or make them feel like they're on a timer. Because I do know that a lot of people did not like the time limit in Outer Wilds. They found it like really frustrating to be randomly killed while you're in the middle of something. Um, so I, I just really like the idea of there being four periods of the day that you kind of control yourself, but there is a time-moving aspect, but you're not also rushed. Mm -hmm. And I wish it was used a little more, but there are quite a few moments where the time of day does matter, and they are probably my favorite moments of the game. And there's even some moments, which I won't spoil because they were my favorite mini-puzzles, where if you do something early in a loop, it changes like the environment later on in the loop. And it really yes. feels like mastering the environment and using time to make something happen. Um, again, my only complaint is that doesn't factor in that often. No, I like the, the, like, the thing in Updom. Um, yeah, that, that's the... Yeah. That's the best one. Yeah. And then there's finding a location in Fristad, I think it is. Probably, I think yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I wish there was more of them, but, uh, you know... We, I, I especially am going to be critical in this review, so just, just want to give Arcane the credit they deserve. Uh, I like what they're doing with the genre and the format, uh, and I still think Deathloop, even though I you know, have a lot of problems with it, uh, I just like its design. I like its ideas. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, would, I think those... I'd play a second one. Oh, oh yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I think they're, those designs and ideas are also them trying to find ways to better get people to experiment with mm -hmm. the sandboxes, right? And that's something that I feel like feel like that's really been like a dominating topic in our discussions over the last like six years is these and we've gotten better i think we have like sort of well maybe not maybe it is game dependent <laughs> not uh, to give me we, a silenced weapon exactly yeah i feel like games have gotten better as arcane especially has gotten better at sort of being like hey why don't you try doing something else other than using blink and invisibility for this entire mm -hmm. you know for all of dishonored and moon crash was definitely the most successful prey base game for me was the thing that made me understand i think you know how like what makes me experiment and death loop is kind of doing that again in the first half the first half of death loop is so fucking good mm -hmm. and because you you can get the slabs in a weird order and you can you know you can get them off of juliana and suddenly you have like maybe you get um carnesis or whatever or or nexus and and you yeah. experiment and use that for a long period of time um, it, was very, it was one of those games which was good to talk to other people who were playing it because the beginning was very different in directions yeah yeah and and um but the problem with it with everything in Deathloop is that the, the the first half is really good and the second half just sort of everything starts extremely wide and everything just converges down into one mm -hmm. singularity and in terms of the experimentation, that happens in Deathloop in the form of, at a certain point, you get Blink upgraded, and you get the silenced pistol, and <laughs> yeah. you've beaten the game. Because <laughs> yeah. there's no reason to ever unequip that. And once I had uh, my invisibility upgraded all the way, that I just put that on and used it for the second half of the game. Because it's like, I'm invisible, I can teleport anywhere, and I can stealth kill everyone, and they don't even know what's happening, and... If I sit still, I don't even drain invisibility, and and that's a yeah. So that's a that's unfortunate because it starts off as being very good about getting you to try things out, and then it just sort of is like here's the best, most easiest way to beat it. And maybe that's just a case where you and I are similar in like, hey, we want to be, you know, 
if, we're, if you're going to give me the most overpowered thing, I'm going to use it all the way through. I think most yeah. people that play games are that way. There will certainly be probably someone that comments saying like, I never used the silence pistol at all. And, and that's fantastic. But I think most people, if you give them the most powerful thing, they're just going to use that because it's easy and it's satisfying. And also there's a penalty for dying, like a pretty rough penalty for dying, especially right. if you die too much. You lose everything yeah. you just got and you restart from the beginning of the loop. So you don't want to die. Right. And so you want to play it safe. And, mm -hmm. and that also, especially maybe to try and transition us to Juliana, that applies sure. when more so here, if, if because you're being invaded by other people. And if you weren't being invaded by anyone else, then the whole game would just be like, completely tensionless and there would you know yeah. you would maybe you would i don't know maybe that would almost cause you to experiment more because there would be like zero stakes at all um mm. aside from dying three times but it would be like it'd be kind of an accomplishment to die to the ai three times um, yeah it would be uh but for me the invasions caused me to play a certain way and every map played out pretty much the same way once i had my build figured out and mm -hmm. Juliana was weird because I did not get invaded once until almost 13 hours into the game. Yeah, that's so weird. I have no idea why. Um, the thing that I thought fixed it was not the problem because I got invaded after doing that. With, you know, it wasn't the thing. So I played 13 hours of this game without being invaded once outside of the tutorial where she just shows up and you can instantly kill her. And... I felt like I was missing out on a really cool part of the game. And again, I was missing out on a cool thing. It is really cool for cool. a little while. Yes. And then it starts to become uninteresting. And and so I was it created the my honeymoon period was like 15 hours long and the best part of that 15 hours was from like the 13 to 15 hour mark where I was getting invaded for the first time because I had played the game completely single single player mm -hmm. no stakes for 12 hours and then suddenly the invasions start working for me and i'm being you know my peace and quiet single player exploration arcane our you know game is the sanctity of that is being you know someone is fucking invading my game and, and ruining my peace and quiet and those first three or four invasions were really good they were oh, yeah. stressful they added a well a lot of welcome tension to the game yeah, definitely and, agree and they were super fun like partially because i wasn't s overpowered yes. and they were you know they were still the juliana's invading were of varying skill levels and that was fine but it was mainly because of what i had and i wasn't expecting to be invaded primarily and yeah it's a really fun cat and mouse mm -hmm. it is, when you're yeah. playing as cold <laughs> yeah uh because there's no lag on your end either when you're playing as cold and mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, the Julian invasion just adds a, a, an excellent change of pace. It adds a ton of tension, and it was really fun and really enjoyable for a few hours. But then, for the last five or six hours, pretty much every every time I would go to a level, it, I'd get invaded. And yes. by then, I had my invisibility where I could cloak and sit still and not drain power. And what I would do is I would sneakily make my way to the, the beacon that I have to hack to open the tunnels. I would climb up high, go invisible, and then hack the thing. And then I would watch Juliana run across the map, and I'd watch her run around underneath me looking for where the fuck I was. And then I would pull out the, the pistol that creates a gas cloud. 
<laughs> and shoot a bunch of explosive glass in their face. And then I would switch to the uh, carbine that I discovered that dealt ex- that ex- the bullets exploded on impact. And I would blow her the fuck into space nice. every time. And it was super awesome, you know, two or three yeah. times. And it's very satisfying because it's like, haha, you think you're hunting me, but you know, you're already dead. So goodbye. Um, but then the last eight times it happened, I just did the exact same thing every time and demolished the Juliana. And then I was back to doing what I'd been doing, which is, you know, stealth killing uh, and blinking around the map. And yeah. I think, honestly, I just, I'm surprised at how much of a pushover Juliana is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you want to know my strat? My yeah, sh- yes, strat? please. Uh, it was proximity mines. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> figured. So- it was so good. I would literally just find a roof and I'd be like, well, this is a good vantage point. If I was Julian, I'd come up here and I'd just put down mm. four proximity mines and I'd just go about my day and eventually just go, Juliana is gone. <laughs> That's I reckon fantastic. I killed five people at least just with proximity mines and just walking off and just leaving. That's I'm so like, I'm funny. That's yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did have some good fights. I, I did oh, yeah. have some really good fights, especially near the beginning. Um, I think my biggest issue is... It just happened too much for me. Yes, yeah, 100%. It, it, it was almost every single time I went in. And I swear, she kept appearing multiple times per loop. Which, which I wasn't like listening to the story, but I was like, isn't there one Juliana? I just killed right. her. I haven't yeah. reset the loop. How does she keep coming back? And I think, again, it's one of these things where it's a great idea, but I don't know how it works in practice because you can't really have someone on the other end queuing and then say, nah, it hasn't been long enough or you know it's been too short of a time you've got to put them in a game otherwise they're just sitting in a menu doing nothing again it's just i feel like a lot of this game is great ideas that just didn't really come together in a perfect way yeah in, in, in I, the best I, way yeah. possible i 100 percent agree yeah with that as a summary as a whole really yeah uh, and and juliana yeah a she's too weak and, and is very easy to kill but also yeah the frequency was off and and going 12 hours without seeing her and then seeing her like five times in a row and then like 10 times in a row. And then like ever, you know, it, it was, it put in, I don't know it, if it had been, Oh, I got invaded. And mm-hmm. then it didn't happen for, you know, like in dark souls, it feels good in dark souls because an invasion doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And when it does, you're like, Oh fuck. Oh, mm-hmm. God, here we go. And yeah, it, it would have been nice if it happened every few hours and you never knew when it was going to happen. But instead, I would load up a map and I'm like, all right, here comes the invasion. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. I'll, and I'll start executing my plan. And yeah. that's, and it just happened. Yeah. Pretty much a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, once it started I, happening for me. <laughs> I think there was one time on first Ad rock where I just went straight to the, um, whatever you call the radar thing. You de- deactivate to open up the tunnels again and just waited. I just sat there and waited and then it popped up. I deactivated it and I turned around and she was on the cliff and I just shot her in the face. <laughs> and it was like 45 seconds. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, great. Yeah. Great. And, have, a good, and have a good day. Yeah. It's a great concept. Um, I love invasion stuff. Like it's so, it's so fascinating in From Games and, and I think it is a really, it is really cool here for a time. But it it's is a cool just, idea. It's not quite there. And uh, no. again, it's Arcane sort of delivering or experimenting with, you know, concepts they've tried to implement at least based yeah. on the, you know, the no-clip docs and stuff. And that's, it's really cool to see them trying, again, trying different things with this genre. Um, yeah, definitely. Just didn't quite it. work. And I also think playing as Juliana is no fun at all. 
mm-hmm. because there's no tutorial. I have absolutely no idea how her masquerade power works. Um, I yeah. don't understand how the loadouts, like your starting loadout, you had blink like right from the get go as Juliana. I yeah. I played like ninety minutes maybe. I did a session just where I'm like I play like an hour of Juliana. I still don't have blink. Um, and well, that's my no Juliana fun. is from a different loop than your Juliana. It's a different well, yeah, reality, yeah. man, or something. And and really, the biggest problem is just it's uh, the the lag is so bad as Juliana. I had, oh didn't my god! Have too much lag, I would say. Maybe a little bit. A little yeah, bit stuck here and there. In the in the session where I just invaded random people, pretty it was pretty much unplayable for the entirety okay. of it. Maybe oh, maybe like one or two times where I was like, ah, oh, it was mostly okay, but for yeah. the most part, it was just yeah, it, it's. And and it feels impossible to win as Juliana, really. Even though I oh, think yeah. I, I, I got, I think she killed me fully once. But like, Colt has three lives and is more powerful than you. Yeah. In terms of loadout and guns, and Juliana just has one life, and 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 then it's just done. And you, you'll be happy to know that the only Juliana that ended my loop was you. Hell yeah. Yeah. While when you I was were running around getting shot up by Eagle and running to mines, <laughs> and just screaming at you, and it wasn't even you. Oh uh, yeah, I watched that. That was funny to watch. God, uh, it wasn't funny to play. That was that map was when I had my first invasion. God, after it's a twelve horrible place. after twelve hours, and I managed to kill her pretty quickly. But then I did not know about Igor, yeah. and so after killing Juliana, and I also didn't understand how the invasions work, so I killed Juliana, and then like for the next twenty minutes while I'm exploring that level, like maybe three times in those twenty minutes. Some fucking sniper takes a shot at me. And I'm like, oh, what the oh, fuck right, is yeah. going on? What is happening? Is she still here? What is going on? <laughs> and it was, and so it actually made for a really fun experience because yeah. then near, at the end of that level, I was like, oh, it's the AI boss that was shooting at me every now and then. Give uh, me and some it made great moments in Deathloop. Some great moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's got a lot of, uh, I, I, it's got a lot of personality. It's got a lot of style as well. Uh, and I like all of that. And there are a lot of good moments. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it just... Oh. Yeah, I, I also was... I feel like Juliana... If you actually get into like a proper one-on-one gunfight with Juliana, it can feel a little strange because you're both super fast and you're not really... You don't have the muscle memory to play against opponents like that in Deathloop at that point. So it just feels yeah. a bit strange. You, you go from just like pointing at a, you know, an enemy that's just standing there to playing like Unreal Tournament on the rooftops and they're like <laughs> yeah. blinking around and I'm like, Jesus, my mouse is all over the place. I'm like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on here? And it just, it can yeah. feel a bit messy sometimes. But um, again, it's, it's other human beings. You can't really blame Arcane. Uh, sometimes you'll have a great moment with a Juliana and sometimes you'll get like a laggy, uh, kind of horribly messy rooftop shootout or shit out, mm. whatever you want to call it. Mm. And you know, it's, I like it. I like the PvP. Um, I just don't know if there's a perfect solution. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure uh, either. And like, they try to incentivize you to play as Juliana with this like progression system, but it, it ain't cutting the mustard. I just. I also think it's really weird that they lock behind Colt costumes. You have to play as Juliana to get Colt costumes. Oh, I didn't even know there like... were costumes. Oh yeah, I got a cool uh, baby blue suit with a fedora and nice. wore that for. But it's like, why would I? Why should I get rewards for... Anyways, it's a small thing, you know, but it's just sort of odd. I, I don't yeah. know why you wouldn't just get those rewards by killing Juliana as Colt, you know? Like, I I, like I, if Juliana whatever. had been a very rare event yeah. 
And also, you own, if you only had one life, which I feel like it could have worked. I don't know. Maybe some people would have complained it was too hard. But I don't know if you needed the, I think it's called the, the reprise system. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you needed that. Or maybe not three lives. I, I, just... I, even if, just give me a toggle. Like, let me, let me yeah. turn on hard mode. And maybe there's just, a punishment for using a reprise. You get less, um, I keep forgetting the currency in this game. Residium? Yeah, maybe you get less currency, less residium for using, I don't know. Yeah. But it just, like, it just wasn't threatening. You honestly, if you want to be a scumbag, you can just bum rush down Ju- uh, Juliana because you can respawn and she can't. And exactly. you probably have some respawns on you because, you know, the AI isn't much of a threat. So a lot of times if I was just annoyed, I just charged at her. And maybe she'd kill me once, but then I would just blink back up and just do the same thing and she'd die. Because so. she has to look for healing items as well, yeah. like you do. And, and they're kind of hard to find sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, that just reminded me, um, something they did here that I, I really, really appreciate is they made the, the handling of the mana pool, like your power pool, whatever you want to call it, yeah. your mana um they did that really well it it you have like three pips and some charges use more of those pips than others but it always recharges to full mm-hmm. um, fantastic because in dishonored and dishonored 2 and i think they changed this with death of the outsider but for dishonored 2 i distinctly remember it it would not recharge it would only recharge so if you used if you have you had three pips in dishonored 2 if you used one and a half it would only recharge to two and it would not recharge to three. And, and so you had to constantly be timid with your power usage and be using uh, potions to replenish your power throughout all of Dishonored 2. And I just never thought that was fun. And mm-hmm. I'm going to replay Dishonored 2 one of these days, I think, just because it's been ages and I feel like I'll like that game even more now. But if I do, I'm, I'm going to give myself unlimited of that pool because it's just not fun to have to manage that. And they, they got rid of that here and thank goodness it's, it's, it's way more enjoyable to just be able to blink everywhere and you have yeah. to stop for five seconds and recharge and then you can keep going. Uh, it's good job. It's more fun. I think we, we talked about the, uh, you know, the power structure of the game a lot, but another thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this fucking talk's never going to end, dude. I actually really liked the idea of the, you know, the Souls-like system where if you die, you drop all your Residium on the floor. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you get too much Residium in the game. Uh, oh, for God, people who yeah. don't know, it's a currency which allows you to basically keep a weapon or ability for every loop going forward. Um, which is a really fun idea for a system. Because, like, if you don't have enough residium and you have found a gun or a power, you lose it. And I had some really great moments where I, like, had only one respawn left. I had Blink, which I uh, hadn't got before. And then I died. I got killed by Juliana. And then I lost it. It's like, oh, man, I've lost Blink. I have to go back to Charlie and get Blink again because I really want to, you know. And there were some great moments like that. But as the game goes on, you get more powerful. You stop dying. And you, you end up with like 30,000 Residium at the end of the day and you can infuse everything you have. You never have to make like a choice of, ooh, I've only got enough Residium for one of these great weapons. Do I infuse the pistol or the shotgun? You're just loaded with Residium and you don't die. So yeah, uh, great idea for a system. Could have been super tense, but again, you just, you just kind of kick ass in this game. I think at one point in one mission, I ended it with like 80,000 Residium mm. <laughs> after breaking some stuff down as well. But like, and how yeah, fun it, would it have been to get to the end of the loop? And you're like, oh man, I can only afford Blink or, you know, um, one of the other powers. Like, I had choose. that one time. I had that okay. one time. I wanted to infuse. It was a slab upgrade. I don't remember what it was. And I 
had to scrap. I had also picked up the dual wielding sort of uh, combo pistol, you know, that you can snap together into one gun. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, hmm. I had to sacrifice one or the other to <gasps> infuse one. See, that's that's um, cool. Yeah, and so I had to scrap the the pistols. Yeah. Because I wanted damn. the upgrade, and then I only went back and got that pistol like ten hours later. And, it's an and annoying I, pistol to get. Yeah, and I like, but I liked that. I liked, yeah, the sacrifice yeah. was good, and and that's cool. that's. I would say that's one of the two problems, big problems that I have with Deathloop is just it, it never, it does not ask you to take risks or risk anything, you know? Yeah. It, it's just, it's, yeah, you don't have to ever be like, oh, deciding one thing over the other. Yeah, it would, be, it would have been so much more interesting if you had to make those decisions more than once. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I lost my Resinium once very early on. I got walked in a, uh, there's a weird room on Fristad Rock where there's a man in like a glass like observation room that mm. hates you and I haven't figured this out yet and <laughs> you get locked in that room and he gasses you to death if oh, you don't shit. if you don't know if you don't know how to escape you die in there and yeah. I died in there cuz I was running around being you know like a chicken with its head cut off and I died and then I went back to the door and it was sealed from the inside I'm like fuck there's my 10,000 residium is locked yeah. in that room now and I loved that it was you know sort of annoying but it was also fun and yeah. Like the one time Fia blew up the reactor and just ended my loop, I was devastated. I was like, wait, that's what great. the hell? I lost everything. Yeah, like that's fantastic. And Those that, you know, moments. it never happened to me again after that. I never yeah. once lost my stuff. Um, I think the, the one interesting thing about doing this chat is, you know, before this, everything was just in bullet points. And now just laying it out in a conversation, I've realized how much of the things I wasn't into comes down to maybe the power increase in the game. And yeah. Now, if you were just a little weaker, or maybe a lot weaker, mm -hmm. uh, this game probably would have worked a lot better for me, I think. Yeah, I agree. But then it's hard to say, like, would it have been frustrating doing the same shit over and over again if you were dying? So it's mm. just, maybe it's just a difficult idea to get right. Uh, they obviously didn't get the balance right for me, but I don't know. Maybe they talked about this for years and just couldn't figure out the right balance. I think, not to sound like an arrogant dick, but I... I... Most people are really fucking bad at video games. I hate to say it, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, and, and they want something to, they want their games to be, especially I think after things like Prey and Dishonored ultimately bombed in terms of sales, I, I, they've probably made up for it in the long run. I think, you know, all those games are well-regarded, but sort of sleeper hits. I, I feel like they sort of wanted this to break big a bit more than they have mm. in the past, especially because prior to the Microsoft acquisition, Arcane was like on the chopping block, apparently, from Bethesda. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, so I, I understand them wanting to make it an easier game. And and looking around online, it seems like you know most people aren't didn't have the the thing the problems we have with the easiness of it. And I, I definitely see people saying like, oh, the, you know, I keep dying to Juliana's and things like that. And it, part of it, I do think, is just, you know, we've played a lot of first-person shooters. Uh, we know how to handle ourselves. We're good at it. And we're good at these games. And, and when you're good at them, it just, there is no challenge whatsoever. And I think, <laughs> you know, maybe for the average yeah. player, there is more challenge. Um, but, yeah, I, they probably... It's, I think it's fairly deliberately easy or for, you know, for someone like us. Uh, and it probably helps it be more successful and sell more copies. But, uh, you know, you could have put a hard, they could have just put a hard mode in, honestly. Uh, if I could just enable hard mode and say like, I, I only have my one life, 
that would have immediately made things more interesting. Uh, you know, yeah. no reprise would have immediately made a difference, I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't it's remember, hard to say. I don't remember feeling this way about Prey or Dishonored, that, like, they were super easy games. Prey had guns. I, I, I don't know. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. As you know, no, I, I changed my mind. I agree. We're just too good at video games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. Arkane's, Arkane's the best. I remember Dishonored, Dishonored 2 having a lot of similar problems of like, uh, I have Blink and I have this other thing and that's all I used for the entire game. And because yeah. it was, you know, it's the easiest thing. And Prey was, for me, better about mixing things up and getting me to try more things. And, and the enemies in Prey are just a lot more, there's a lot, there's diversity to the enemies and they're a lot more dangerous. You know, um, yeah. the mimics pop out of nowhere. The f- the weird, you know, what what who remember the giant fucking horror monster that the nightmare, you? the nightmare, you know, like this game could use a nightmare type of enemy. I'd say it that's Juliana. That's kind of the same role, right? I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. But it could also use something in between, like right? Yes, like like a like Dishonored Two has uh, later on. They introduce um, after the clockwork. There's like those robot soldiers, the clockwork soldiers or something. Yeah. And they're 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 a lot harder to deal with and th- this needed something like that i have i think this that exact thing written down in my notes ah <laughs> because the ai is a big complaint uh, i've seen it across the board people saying the ai is too easy and it is but also you don't really want to spend the entire game you know having a sweaty gunfight with all the ai no yeah especially if you're retreading the same areas um, but also, you don't want it to be too easy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, Prey does a good job of mixing in easier enemies and then ones you just want to walk around. And Deathloop is just missing something. It's missing a threat somewhere. And it's not Juliana, because you can't just walk around Juliana. She locks the tunnels up, so you kind of have to fight her. She's not really like the Nightmare, because the Nightmare you can just run and hide from, because he's fucking terrifying. It's almost yeah. impossible to fight that guy. Um... And, you know, the mimics in Prey always put you on the edge a little bit. You always, like, oh, look in the corner of your eye. And in Deathloop, it's just Juliana and the... Invis- what are they called? The environmentalists or some shit? Uh, Eternalists. Eternalists. And even the visionaries are just kind of humans. And yeah. I think it just needed something else. I don't know what it is. I'm not a game designer, but just, like, yeah. just a thing. Just a thing to just make in- more variation when you're walking around. 100%, yeah. Yeah, some some sort of higher tier enemy that isn't like a boss tier in the way that it is with Juliana. Yeah, mm-hmm. just something to get you off the rooftop, something to stop you using stealth or or force you into a fight or or something. Because I think when a fight breaks out, it's fun. I really yeah. enjoy uh, the like the shooting feels good. The weapons are interesting. Um, bombing around with Blink and fighting guys from rooftops and and doing all that feels really good. It, it's probably their most fun to play game as a just in terms of the raw combat because mm-hmm. dishonored i never cared for so i avoided the combat prey is just sort of like i don't know you just shoot guys right and it's fine um in terms of the actual combat but this this feels you 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 feel mobile you feel like you have a lot of abilities and powers and guns and all of it feels good uh and so it's yeah it's fun when a fight breaks out it's just that yeah, for the second half of the game, you're just like, why would, 
a fight's never going to break out. Like, it's just impossible. I'm using a suppressed gun. Everyone's already dead. Like, there's no one <laughs> yeah. to fight. Uh, you can carry three yeah. weapons. So usually you have, like, one big LMG gun ready for, you know, if things really yeah. kick off. So, yeah, I enjoyed the combat. I did. Yeah, I... I pretty I, simple, I, straightforward, but I, I thought it felt good. Any, any combat that lets me move around really quickly, uh, yeah. I always really... I always have a ton of fun with that. So mm-hmm. it, I, wish, I wish I got in more gunfights. Yeah, I have a, a couple of like more miscellaneous things. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, just little uh, bits and bobs. Um, I think the proximity mines in the game are so fucking obnoxious <laughs> it made me want to delete the whole game. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah. my god. The proximity mines in this game can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Just... <laughs> you can barely see them. Even when I can hear them beeping, I can barely find them on the ground. And then they just send me flying and they take away a chunk of my health. Like, just keep the red twi- twi- tripwire things in. They're kind of cute. You can shoot and see them and figure it out. And when I see a turret, I can navigate it and plan. But I can't fucking see these mines. Make them brighter. I don't know. I just fucking hate them. I just fucking hate the proximity mines. They don't add anything to the game. Go fuck yourself. The one thing I liked about the proximity mines is every time you took damage from them, Colt would do this hilarious little yell. And it made me I, laugh I every did time. like his little scream. His little, wah! I know, he would scare the shit out of me every time. Uh, yes, exactly. He's, he made the noise I was making, and God. it was funny every time. But yeah, fuck that. Whoever RK made those, I don't like you. You <laughs> absolute bastard. Um, it, this might be a PC-specific thing, but there's some weird like key mappings for switching between stuff. You like hold G to change the type of grenade, but also just press G to chuck the grenade. So sometimes you just kind of like accidentally open up a radial menu and you have to press tab to get back to powers, but you also have to press tab to switch powers. So sometimes you press tab once and you've got the wrong power out and I'll carnesis someone off a roof when I want to go invisible. And it just feels really clumsy. Even like 19 hours into the game, I was, I was kind of like feeling a bit weird about quickly switching between grenades, guns and powers. Because the power sometimes is in like one hand, and if you're dual wielding, then you lose the power, which makes sense. But like, like it's just it's just weird. It's a bit weird in my opinion. It's not the biggest complaint. It's, it just feels a little clumsy at times. And I don't know. I've got a whole keyboard here. Can I just map things to different places? I don't know. Well, you could, yeah. Uh, I I rebound quite a few things to, to sort of. Oh well, first of all, I don't but think. But isn't I it always ever... like locked onto a specific? You know the way it functions. Well, I put so first of all, I pretty much never used grenades once at all. Um, so oh, I never good. opened that menu. Um, but I put um the hackamajig on one of my mouse buttons, um, which alleviated some of it. But I do agree, yeah. Like they were still even at the end of the game, I would still every now and then, um, go to do something and accidentally blink instead of going invisible or something because <laughs> I, I didn't complaint. have the right power selected. Yeah. And I also never dual wielded. So I, I actually completely forgot dual wielding was in the game until you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. A couple of times I would still have that after 20 hours, which is, it does feel a little weird when you're still like fucking up after yeah. playing 20 hours of a game. Yeah. It's not a huge thing. I just, I just, I feel like there should have been a better way to do that. I don't know why you have to like cycle, th- whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, this is going to be subjective, but, uh, I, I didn't really like the writing in the game. Oh, interesting. Um, I thought, like, most of the game just feels like people just saying, fuck you. And then they, the other people say, fuck you. And then you say, fuck you. And then they say, fuck you. And that's, it just felt like everyone was just swearing at each other for the entire game. And it just, just kind of felt a little bit like it was trying to be edgy with all this, like, just yelling at each other all the time. And I, I just wasn't 
I wasn't that into it. I, the voice actors did a, did a good job. Um, but I was just so bored of Juliana and Colt's, Cole's um, interactions. Because like, just to have a conversation, they're like, go oh, fuck yourself, yeah. go die. And it's like, all right, I get it. You don't like yeah, each yeah. other. Shut up, man. And like, all the notes and Alexis are just screaming swear words. And it's like, it's just it's not my thing. Not my thing. I didn't really like them right. Again, these are at the bottom of the pile of the miscellaneous stuff. Mm-hmm. So these aren't like deal breakers. Uh, and I would say that's more personal choice. I reckon it's not like Borderlands 3. It's just not oh God, for no. me. Yeah, I would say the voice actors do an amazing job, especially Colt and Juliana. Colt especially. He, he just is fantastic. Um, and I, but I do agree that like just they never, there's no character arc or progression with them. Yeah. Every time you start a mission, they're they're just sniping at each other, and Colt tries to make a little progress, and then Juliana just shuts him down every time, and he's just like, "All right, fuck you too," and that's the end of it. And yeah, yeah I agree. It sort of gets a little uh, grating after a while, but some of the characters, I, I I enjoyed some of the collectible writing. I think some of them are written in a way that's just like, "Oh God, this fucking guy is so annoying," but. Some of them, some of the writing, I, I enjoyed some of it. Just it, it evoked a certain, like, these people are all um, the worst. And, mm-hmm. but there was, some of them have like a, I don't know, like a bit of a manicness to the way it's written. And it's almost like, a, almost a sort of broken English at times. Like they're sort of putting words in different orders. And there were a few notes that I, I read and there's a sentence in them. And I'm like, that's a good sentence. I like that sentence. Um, <laughs> like there's one where she's talking about being visited by a guard and, and it's like, when he comes by, I get the thirsty shivers. And I'm just like, oh God, I hate that. But that is a, that's a great, that's a great, weird, yeah. gross bit of writing. But the writing is all just a blur in my head because every bit of story is collectibles. Mostly, yeah. Pretty much. I didn't really understand what was going on. There's a couple of story cutscenes in the game where you get visited by a certain someone. Yeah, I, I still don't. Yeah, I, have no I was idea. like, that. This is cool. And then the, it ends. And I was like, oh, okay. I yeah, don't really know no... what happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and then I don't know if you read the spoilers I put in backlog blitz this morning in our channel, but like mm. I was reading about the wider lore and world as I like to do in games, and it's. I wish I had picked up on it because it's really cool. And, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's so, it's, when a game is nothing but collectibles, they just start to blur and merge and yeah. evaporate after a certain point. And they have and... the challenge of making it work in any order that you go in. Right, right, yeah. Which is probably yeah, the hardest so... part. Playing DevLoop has made me realize how fucking amazing Outer Wilds is. Like, how did they make it work on their first try? I don't know. Yeah. They're incredible. <laughs> They're just incredible. Oh my god, that game's so good. But yeah, I think there there were little bits of writing that I like, or you know, more than a few little bits of writing that I liked, and I think the voice actors elevate the material uh, and do a really good job with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't. I can't say I disagree with those points. I I just wasn't as bothered of them. By yeah, them for yeah, sure. yeah. It's yeah. low. It's low on my list. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, that's mostly mostly all I have. I think um, I've yeah. said everything at some point Quite. in this long ramble. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking uh, through my thing. Um, I just, yeah, I, I feel like I would have forgiven a lot if the final loop had really come together. I agree. Yeah, a good ending totally. can fix a lot of problems, you know? A real good ending can fix, but the ending sucked. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it just kind of, 
maybe even accentuated accentuated my issues because you know you end and you're like oh and then the bitterness can rise a little bit over time mm. you're like well i can't really forgive this stuff when it kind of didn't come together for anything i would say i i i suspect i will like it more as time passes because i enjoyed a lot about it more than mm-hmm. you did yeah and i i have a lot of i still love arcane and i Me i too. have nothing but respect i they the game tries a lot of new things. It does. It, it does. It it doesn't nail it, but it is at least trying. Yeah. And it's really refreshing because you you look at this game and you're like, man, they can still do so much with a first person shooter, mm-hmm. and they could still do so much with a sequel to Deathloop, yeah. um, where they where they managed to take it. Like I said at the top, they managed to take it from eighty percent to all the way, and I think my brain is more rewarding of stuff like that, where I'm like, ah, they almost did it, but they didn't quite, but I'm okay with that. You know, they at least yeah. they tried. I would have loved if they had nailed it, of course. Uh, if they had nailed it, like I said, this would probably be one of my favorite games in years. Yeah, but they, they missed the mark saying. in a lot of places, and yeah. it is a bummer. But also, I still liked it quite a bit and had for the most part, a pretty good time with it. It's just that it's, it's a shame that the last six to eight hours of it were when I got the most negative with it. And, and like you said, a bad ending also, it it really does suck energy out of, out Mm -hmm. of, you know, it's the last thing you experience. And uh, like everyone shits on game of Thrones, even though it had like six great seasons, but everyone remembers it as a piece of shit because of the ending. It's not just a story ending. It's like the, the whole climax and, build up and payoff is missing from from the entire gameplay story learning puzzle yeah. solving every part of it is, especially is when it's set up from there. the like the very beginning and you know exactly. there's one ultimate aim and you're working towards it yeah and it, it's a big bummer to me that like i had uh, there was like six hours in i realized i'm like oh my fuck this is what this game is this is what they're doing this is going to be incredible the snowball yeah. and execution is going to be unbelievable this is so cool yeah. And then it wasn't that. And that there's nothing worse than the game making you think it's one thing and, and uh, that that thing yeah. is going to be awesome. And then it's not. It doesn't manage to do that at all. Uh, yeah. I think that's why I came out probably swinging harder than maybe I would have because mm-hmm. that honeymoon period I talked about in Updown was glorious. It was just four straight hours, one session, and I didn't have a, a single second where I wasn't enjoying the game. And you start to build these lofty ideas in your mind when you see like some of the more intricate and interesting parts of Updam, and yeah, it, it just didn't come together in a way that I thought was interesting, which is a shame. You know, I don't. You know, I have so much respect for Arcane. They are yeah. single-handedly trying to keep immersive sims alive on their own. <laughs> yeah, and still trying to do a lot of really interesting things with. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Single-player weird constructs and genre blending and all this interesting stuff, and mostly single-player stuff on a big AAA scale. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to be the guy who shits on those guys. I, I like what they do. I know. It makes me sad. I, it I makes was, me sad. I was expecting to have loved everything about this game. I think yeah. we just wrote it off for most of this year being like, well, Deathloop's going to rip. You know, it's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's... Oh, shit. What do you think about the IGN and GameSpot 10 out of 10 reviews? They're a bit sus. <laughs> I, They're a bit suspicious. I game say. reviews are I know. useless. They're I know, useless. but that's a, that's a weird one. 
People can like what they like, and that's fine. They can fine, like what they like. Uh, a 10 out of 10 is for what one would call a perfect score. A perfect score. And I can think of maybe like four games in my life that I would say is a 10 out of 10. Um, hmm. Even something like that I, you know, I would call the best game, my favorite game of the generation, like The Witcher 3. That game ain't a 10 out of 10. That's for no, fucking sure. No. You know, um, Deathloop is not an 8 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 game. It's not even maybe an 8 out of 10 it's game. It's not an 8 out of 10 for me, no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's probably, if you know, on the five-star scale, uh, which is what I prefer, it's probably a three-star thing that I like more than that score, but that is mm-hmm. where I would land it even though we don't you know we don't we don't score or do reviews or anything anymore really but uh i'm not gonna hey, say a number 10 out of 10 i give it a 10 out of 10 oh me too me too 10 out of 10 i will uh take the check now microsoft please and thank you yeah the hell bethesda give us a ring i'll give it a 10 out of 10 i don't give a shit they must have had a fucking incredible time with that game i uh, yeah i guess it's a good game. It's a good game. It is. It's a good game. It, it just... Uh, it could have been... I find it... Yes, it's hard for me to quantify the stuff I like in the game because I, I don't like most of it <laughs> on, like, a right. structural level. But right. it doesn't mean there wasn't, like, some great individual moments that really happened. And I'm not going to sit here and do story time and explain them all. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I had, a, I had fun with it. I did have fun mm-hmm. with it. But, uh, yeah, just... I respect it more than I like it, is what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, did we want to transition? Did you play any Kana? I played like, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half of it. And I will go back to it. Uh, okay. I played two hours like, and I'm not going back to it. No. <laughs> I'm not playing more of that game. <laughs> no, probably, I probably will. But also I played the two hours no. and then have forgotten it exists. No. Um, it's, it seemed it, fine. It's pretty. It's, pre- it's a pretty game. But, yeah. um, I didn't, I did not like that combat. No, I, I thought, I honestly, no, I thought it felt fine to me. Give it, give it, a, give it a little bit. Give it a I don't know. Bit. I, I did, I did the, uh, the like three fights, I think. I, I have, I have the arrow. I just got the arrow. Yeah. Does it get that worse after is, the arrow? Um, that game reminds me of Knack. It's like, why is this game so hard? Like, what's oh, going really? on here? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Does it get, like, substantially harder after you get the arrow? Yeah. That really? Game, the game's weird. That game's I'll play weird. a little more. Because what I played, I was like, oh, this seems like a pretty easy, pretty chill thing. Yeah, combat's, combat mm. is pretty, pretty punishing. I'm weird. not sure if I want to say it's hard, but it's harder than I care for. Harder than it to that game. Yeah. Harder than I'm willing to give it, you know, when it comes to effort and attention. Because apart from that, you're just kind of, like, climbing around and... Uh, I don't know. That's kind of it. The rod cute. I'll give it that. The I like the rod a lot. Yeah, I wish the rest of the game had as much personality. It seems very like self serious and just sort yeah. of like bland. But I'll probably play more of it. Also, it's the I, first I... game ever, so again, oh, yeah. I respect it more than I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think we need to uh, do a review discussion, especially because both Psychonauts and Deathly went long. Um, yes, that's fine. Yeah, I. I... I will play more of it. Maybe I'll enjoy it. Maybe I'll get to the difficulty stuff and be like, fuck this. Because yeah, uh, I'm I can't prone see to doing those things. going through that. We'll see. Not that you're mm. bad at games, but it just isn't very... No, I have low tolerance for melee combat, Ooh, yeah. especially. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What, yeah, the, the, the few boss fights I did felt pretty 
I was enjoying it more than I okay. thought. I was like, oh, the combat feels it's simple, but like, yeah, feels kind of kind of okay. Sure, we'll see. We will see. Maybe I'll break my dual sense by the next time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe this will be just one game where you're just a master at. Maybe. Hey, you know, sometimes, very infrequently, it can happen. <laughs> um, but no, this will be the last episode for you know that this is definitely the September episode or whatever yeah. we call it. Um, the next one will probably be a very multiplayer heavy uh, discussion, I imagine. Yeah, I guess so. Year. Like, like I'm be... not going to... I don't want to talk about Far Cry, that's for sure. No, no, no. no. Unless... I, though I think we probably said that about Far Cry 5 and 5.5, five and, and we did chats about those. So you never know what, what could happen. It could mm-hmm. be a real fucking nightmare. But um, yeah, it'll probably be one more chat, you know, in like... December that covers the the multiplayer game, so, yeah. like, like Battlefield and Halo, and that's that's kind of it. I don't. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about. You know, we don't need to talk about Forza. Forza no. be good. Yeah, it's a racing game. Uh, Riders Republic. Mm. Nah, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, we just do like a multiplayer special. <laughs> uh, I won't be playing it, so you can go ahead. No, I'm not playing that campaign. That's for sure. Um. Yeah, it'll be Battlefield and then probably quite a, quite a lengthy Halo discussion because we do like to talk a lot about Halo. We do. And we I, will do. Be, I will be fascinated to see what that campaign is uh, because, boy, do they sure not want to show it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's going to be interesting because the more I look at the multiplayer, the more it's starting to feel like, hey, you know, this doesn't feel actually that rushed. It actually feels like there's a lot of intricate thought put into some of the systems in multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, balance and what you like in Halo is going to, you know, change between people. But when you look at it from a production value standpoint, the multiplayer is looking pretty, pretty you know, strong in that regard. Yeah. So, you know, you, you start to wonder, what is the problem child here? And then all, all it's gonna be the hands are pointing sure. right towards the campaign. Oh, so yeah. yeah. That is going to be interesting. Yeah. It'll also just be interesting to see what the what the final package looks like. Yeah. Like, we still don't know, right? No, we don't know how many maps, how many modes, what are the playlists, what's the customization, how crazy is the monetization, you know, what's the campaign like, because that's the only thing you get when you pay full price now, is you're just getting a campaign, so is is it going to be like seven hours and then it's over? I don't know, like, oh, yeah. Battlefield and Halo. I don't even remember what the last multiplayer game we would have done on this show would be. Like (laughs) Probably World War II and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh my god. I probably, think you're probably right? right. That was like four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. And Damn. those were not those were not good. No. <laughs> Battlefront oh, yeah. 2 was so bad it changed global laws. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Oh I just, boy. I'm trying to I'm just looking now. I can't I we can, didn't play Battlefield 5 or talk about Battlefield 5. We didn't talk about Battlefield 5. I think you're right. We obviously, you know, didn't do a talk on modern warfare, I don't think. Mm, oh, we we did. We did. did we? That was part of the long the four the legendary four hour chat that had uh yeah, twenty minutes, tw- thirty minutes of war uh modern warfare, thirty minutes of us shitting on outer worlds, three <laughs> hours of us talking about Death Stranding, and then you and I yeah. weakened and exhausted talking about and dunking on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for like another half an hour. <laughs> Star Wars was alright. It was fine. It was okay. Um, Modern Warfare, yeah, that was the last game, Modern, the last wow. uh, multiplayer game we discussed two years ago. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. 
I'm excited. Yeah, Battlefield and Halo. I am, I am excited for one and fascinated to see the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think we've gone on long enough. Oh, God, yeah. Thank you for listening yet again. We'll be back in December. And uh, go play Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Have a good day. Ha, 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 ha.